Welcome back, you nerds. It's a three bean salad, the number one bean podcast on the internet. Mr. Bean, not the legume. Uh, I'm Jack. I'm Rob. And I'm also Jack, aka Butch. Yes, that is to avoid confusion for any of you uh, that have not listened before to our uh, only other existing episode at the moment. If you haven't, at the time what are you before. doing with your lives, man? <laughs> Uh, this week, uh, we had to watch Mr. Bean's Holiday. In case you're unfamiliar with the format of this podcast, each week we watch one of the three Mr. Bean movies that are in existence in the public zeitgeist. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we are doing this for a year. It's going to be 52 episodes of this podcast uh, each week, focusing on a different movie from the series on rotation. And this week, as I said, is Mr. Bean's Holiday, a 2007 release, directed by uh, Stephen Bendelacker. Is that his name? Is that how you pronounce it? Stephen Bendelacker. So, Jesus, where do we start, fellas? Where do we start? I mean, should we all... Oh, sorry, Butch. I I was just going to say, first things first, I want to point out date 2007. Uh, As well as the third film, which, you know, we won't get into that now, but it came out in 2017. Each movie is exactly 10 years apart, which I thought is Mm. interesting. That's clearly taking influence from Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Or perhaps even the Up series, if we're going back further than that. Uh, Mm. uh, But, yeah, I suppose we should just start with a summary. So, uh, I guess, Jack, this is your episode. If you want to give us a brief summary of the plot. I would love to give a brief summary of this wonderful, wonderful movie that I love (laughs) ever so dearly. Listener, I cannot tell you how how much I love this goddamn movie. (laughs) The basic plot is Mr. Bean wins a holiday to visit uh, Cannes in France, uh, down by the French Riviera. He goes on holidays to France. Uh, wacky incidents ensue. He gets a little lost along the way. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> things turn bad, and Mr. Bean, uh, not indirect, in fact, quite directly causes a father and son to be separated at a train station and then <laughs> proceeds to try and reunite this child with his father. Well, does he? Does he really? Well, I, I, I'd argue that he doesn't. I'd argue I'd, that Bean is just going about his business and the child happens to be there as well. <laughs> who's to say like i mean there's a, obviously a a point of the film is him you know they get the the dad's the father's number but the last two digits are blocked and he goes through like every but every, surely every you guys can imagine just a, a, you guys can just imagine a normal episode of mr bean where he just sees a phone number with the last two numbers gone he probably would just do that anyway that is fair enough. you know with okay. no goal or end game here well, look, so. i think this kid wants to get home uh Mr. Bean just happens to be there, and this kid is trying to get back to his papa. Mm. Then where do we go so, from uh, there? I, get, I mean, I, there's a whole instance with the Cannes Film Festival, which isn't really part of the plot. Like it's it kind of it's, it's this it it so it just so happens that this child's father is a judge at the Cannes Film Festival. I believe mm-hmm. is his role in yep. it. Uh, so they decide, well, we got to get to Cannes. We got to get this kid to the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, Mr. Bean abandons this child uh, trying to chase a chicken. <laughs> Let's just, like, I think that we're is getting ahead actual... of ourselves. I think we need to I mean, start that, at the yeah. beginning. That's a plot point, though. That Mr. Is a, Bean that, that abandons the child. 
into a pages uh, of notes on the chicken scene, so we'll get to that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, will we just will we just start scene by scene, fellas, and just uh, and just go for it? All right. So my first note is uh, first sound is rain. <laughs> That's all I have. I don't have any reason for taking that note. That's just what I took. I mean, actually, that uh, plays in. Uh, obviously, last episode, I made the distinction between the the differences between how England is portrayed versus America. You yeah. know, America being kind of sunny, sort of nice, warm colors, a bit kind of wacky, Almost you know, outfits. More cartoonish. Cartoonish, yeah. Um, with this, uh, England, again, we're, it is lashing rain, dark, gray clouds all the interior i were in a church for the first scene and it's just gray and bleak yeah. I, that's my first note is just a uh, dreary uk <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as we see france it's beautiful sun shining uh it's just a gorgeous uh gorgeous place and hold on just before we we talk about how gorgeous this film is let's just talk about how gorgeous this film is it is beautiful <laughs> oh it yeah is. there are a few shots where i did specifically take notes just to go this shot is beautiful yeah, like, I'm sorry. Like the the whole like the color grading, the 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 the, the color palette throughout this film is amazing. It's mm. so lovely and warming and just really summery. Like it may, yeah. it just reminds me of summer. Like I could almost feel the heat coming off the goddamn screen. Yeah. <laughs> also, this feels way more like a movie than the first Mr. Bean, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so, like something to do with the, the lighting and stuff in the first film. It feels very like sitcom it's all very flat lighting and very i don't know it just feels like a, a tv special in in ways but this feels like a proper film and that first shot where we see bean in his iconic car and he gets out and stuff and has his padlock like that feels like such a triumphant moment of like yeah. seeing this character on the big screen yeah you know? I, I was disappointed that uh, this is a note on the first film i was disappointed how little his car was featured whereas in this film at all uh, it's. I think in the first scene when he's driving, do you see him getting his car? I thought you did until I watched it, and then I realized I was getting it mixed up with an episode of the show. In an episode oh. of the show, he like brushes his teeth while he's in the car. Yeah. You, I thought yeah. that was in the movie, but it's not, unless it's in the American version, and we just haven't. Well, we'll um, find out in week four, but we're getting we ahead. That's true. We're getting both ahead, we're getting of off and topic behind here. ourselves. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this film is. Did any of you, you, either of you guys, get to see this in cinema? I, I would did, see it I in yeah. 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 I don't think I did, um, sadly. My next note here is uh, the character credited as Lily at the Stereo, uh, played by Lily Atkinson, Rowan Atkinson's yeah. daughter. His real daughter. No way! That's whack. Uh, God damn. I do have a few. Uh, do you guys have many notes on the church scene? Because I, I, I'm just looking at my notes now, and I have... Far more than I expected, actually. I think no, I, have, I actually. I think I have one more note uh, that's that we we're going to go into, and it's going to tie into your religious theory. I think you already know what it's going to be. Oh, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, and I actually have another separate note on the very thing that you were talking about that uh, I only picked up on this viewing of the movie. I don't know how I missed it. Do proceed. Right. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that the raffle that Mr. Bean is taking uh, part in. There's some good prizes, you know. There's a the, obviously the holiday, the holiday in Mr. Bean's mm. holiday is a prize. Um, two hundred quid spending money. I didn't think that was a France is expensive. Yeah, that's not yeah. a huge amount. But then again, I mean, they have paid for the holiday as well. Like the fact that there's any spending money probably is. Ah, but go on, like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're the church. Yeah. After and all. Get, yeah, and I mean, and he gets the camera. 
Hmm. Which is, you know, fair enough. I'd also like to add that uh, the camera is provided by a tech shop on Arbor Road. Oh, no. And Gavin, who I watched uh, the film with this time around, Gavin's a friend of the podcast. Shout out, Gavin. Um, Arbor Road is the road that Mr. Bean lives on. It's a, it is a real road in real life, but in the universe of Mr. Bean, it does not exist where it exists in the Mr. Bean universe. It's oh. like literally like moved by two blocks or whatever, however London yeah, operates yeah. in terms of that. Uh, so yeah. So do you think that was a hidden detail for fans of the I show? Mean, I definitely didn't pick up on it. Gavin did though. Mm. Gavin was like, that's where Mr. Bean lives. No I was way. Like, Damn. And Just, I looked it up and he was right. Just a, a note on the on the low amount of spending money and the fact that it's you know being provided by the church. Is this a commentary on the like falling financial position of the church? Damn. Um, I I did take a note about the church roof. I just said that it reminded me of Hot Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. I just assumed it was and a reference to uh, Edgar Wright. Did you guys notice the subtle foreshadowing in this first scene? I, is it to do with the ticket by any chance? No. Then, well, go on. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and talk about the ticket. Okay. We'll get to the. Let's talk the, about re- the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. First of all, I'd like to say in this scene, for those that haven't seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, watch the goddamn movie. Yeah, it's why haven't you seen this yet? Like, yeah. Oh my we, god. We're why are you discussing listening? it for nearly two hours? <laughs> like you should have seen it. <laughs> um, Mr. Bean has. A raffle ticket for this church raffle and the number on his ticket is 616 the winning number that is pulled out of the hat is 919 i think you see the gag there they're the same number depending on what you know if you flip it upside down yeah yeah but and butch would you like to elaborate on uh, the significance of the number 616 i was watching this with you over uh in in November, we were watching this together because you were over mm. for a birthday, and uh, you said to me that you thought that six one six was one of the translations of the number of the beast, and as it turns out, you were absolutely correct. One of the common <laughs> translations of the number of the beast is six one six, which completely plays into the running theory that I'm still developing. That Mr. Bean is a fallen angel, not an alien. <laughs> and like, there's so much, I swear to God, it, I didn't pick up on it so much in this film, at least not in this viewing. But in the first movie, there's so much like allusion to religion, just even in like really casual, like uh, turns of phrase, I suppose. Even no when God. David has his freak out. Yeah, there is no God. <laughs> and David screaming, Jesus, mother, Jesus, mother, Nazareth. Uh, but again we're getting behind ourselves uh another thing that i noticed about the ticket that i wanted to bring up on this viewing which i hadn't noticed before uh when he he throws the ticket away and it lands on you know the the toy train Mm. moving around the church Mm. if the train has a carriage on it that's carrying vehicles and his ticket falls into a little toy uh, pickup truck a pickup truck that strongly resembles uh, the pickup truck that transports the chickens where oh, he loses his ticket no later in the way. film. It foreshadows him losing his bus ticket uh, and that chicken ending up on a pickup truck. Wow. That's way better than, than my foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> What's I'm, yours? I'm I mean, mine was just that there's a train and there's a little boy that's not on the train. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Damn, how did they pack so much foreshadowing into one shot? <laughs> Every frame of painting, folks. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I wouldn't have thought of that, though. That's, I, I still think that's quite good, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the director really like they spent a while getting that uh, getting that done. Speaking of the director, can I make a quick uh, note on Steve? What's his name? Steven Bendelacker? Yeah, something like that. Something like also, that. by the way, I, I mean we're not going to be sticking to any sort of structure for this. As we said in the last episode, this is like jazz, baby. We're going to be hopping <laughs> all over the place. I feel yeah. We tried to stick to a structure. You know, tangents are inevitable. Tangents yeah. are encouraged. Inevitable. Um, Steven Bendelacker has directed very few films i just i didn't i'd never even heard the name by my count no films other than comedy specials and like live things yeah there was one i don't even know if it got cinematic release now but this uh, as i've stated so many times already i love this movie i love mr bean's (laughs) holiday i think it is phenomenal i think it's an absolute testament like the like the art of cinema (laughs) the the only like uh like Move, like movie format cinematic release I could find by Stephen Bendelacker was uh, Harry Hill the movie no way you know Harry I, Hill yeah I didn't know he had a movie yeah <laughs> I hate Harry Hill oh, as he's well. a disgusting he's human he is filth <laughs> I just find it really unfunny but uh, like that's, a, that's I just wanted to mention that about Stephen Bendelacker yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve do more bean. What can I say? <laughs> um, well, just that you mentioned how much you love this film. Where does it like? Do, do you prefer it to the first? Do you think it's? That's a tough. I think the first one holds a larger part of my heart. To be mm. honest with you, Bean, nineteen ninety seven, is very special to me. But this particular viewing of this film. Even though I watched it like as recently as November with Butch, this viewing really got me. Like my my heartstrings were being plucked left, right, and center. Uh, not to do with the fact that I had had a drink or two. I was just really, really feeling the movie. And even the day after, and today, I was really, really feeling the movie. Mm. But mm. I think Bean is still my my favorite. Your go-to. I'm. One. My experience with this movie was, which we probably should have started with, <laughs> my, exper- <laughs> my experience with this movie um, has always been, it's good, but I prefer Bean, like 997. And even though, even like I hadn't seen either since I was like a child, that was always the thought in my mind was that the first one was weirder and I remember it being more depressing, but I think I still always preferred it to Holiday. Um, this watch has made me realize they're incomparable. Um, right. And just so there's no surprises later on, my 11 A4 pages of notes that we only really got through like four of last week, um, I actually only have about four pages. I don't have very many notes on this. And naturally, I, I will get more as, you know, as the theories develop and I watch it in different ways. But uh, what, I, what one thing I was saying to Jack was, I don't think this film's very funny at all. And not that's not a... Uh, um, you know, an insult. Um, it's just that the first one has so many moments where I'm like rolling around laughing and that's why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. This film, I don't think I ever really laughed, but there was a giant smile on my face from the like the first frame to the very end. Um, this film is just beautiful and heartwarming and lovely. 
And I don't think the first one, whenever I mention it to people and say it's a masterpiece, I find I have to do some explaining. But when I mention Mr. Bean's Holiday, people kind of generally go, oh, yeah, the film's great. Like, yeah. I love that. You know? I, and I it's tend just to find a... it's, it's quite the opposite. Whereas you mentioned really? last week that people say that, that Bean is on the better side of average. I tend to find people find that this film is on the worse side of average. Really? I and actually have I'm kind well. of inclined to agree. If I had to make a, a, a if I had to make a choice between this and Bean, I would choose Bean any day. I I can't quite explain why. Just something about this film feels just just a bit more flat to me, a bit more lifeless. Whereas that film, the first Bean, definitely had its own personality, and you could, it was palpable. The mm. the the sort of it's it's a je ne sais quoi, you know. But this, <laughs> this this film just kind of feels a bit more cookie cutter. I mean, obviously that's all just a ploy. That's all like the point. It's meant to feel like that, so that the shocking mm. bits are all that more shocking. And we will get to the shocking bit later. <laughs> uh, the bit that oh, I when I wa- rewatched this film for the first time uh, the recently first film feels like God. a perfect bookend. Sorry. No, no, you could do. Um, the first film feels like a perfect bookend to the original series. It has the same kind of lighting, the same kind of weird, surreal, ridiculously unnecessary comedy. Yeah. Um, out of like mundane stuff. This film feels a bit more like a victory lap. Like, oh, we've done, we've made the conclusion to the series. We're re- like, we're just bringing this back and we're just going to have yeah. like, because it, it has been so far removed since a live action being when this was made that they were probably just, you know. Yeah. I mean, there is a decade in the difference. Yeah. 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 It is very strange. But and again, I don't want it to make it seem like I, I don't, I like, I think in my heart, I probably do prefer being 1997, but I don't really. I do kind of see them as very equal in different, completely different ways. Like yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I totally get you. They are like very different movies. Mm. I think the style, even like the styles of comedy, are very, very different. Mm. And obviously, there was a different writing team. I know. Uh, oh, I mean, completely, di- probably completely different, top to bottom. Bar road accident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, well, like just, Robert just... Driscoll was still on the writing staff for oh, for Holiday, yeah. but uh, I like. I don't know. Yeah, it's got it. Does it does have a different feel? The yeah, comedy yeah. in it has a, a very different feel to it. Now, still a masterpiece, but just instead of me rolling around laughing in, at this surreal, like uh, mean spirited, otherworldly <laughs> uh, piece of cinema, it's just a really, really enjoyable family film. Yeah. Now, I mean, I use the word family loosely, and we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, like like I said, we will get to the shocking bits. <laughs> <laughs> there are bits yeah, in this Butch. film that definitely shouldn't be in a PG-rated movie. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but Butch, um, anything to add on that? Uh, nothing much to add on that except uh, just wait till we get to next week's movie. If you think that this is a different movie to Bean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think this is a different style of comedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could say the comedy in next week's episode is top funny. <laughs> but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> um, so does anybody have any other notes on the, the church sequence or shall we move on? Uh, I don't have any more now. No, I think I've said everything I want to say about that. I do have a note here that I don't know if it's from the church or because it's in my the note before it is from the church and the next note is after he leaves the train station for the first time. Um, I do have a note just saying woman on camera at start. And I don't know what that means or what it's in <laughs> reference to. Um, I am honestly shocked that I am that confused at this. I think, I'm, 
I think I might know what that note is. I think that you're referring to the fact that the character of Sabine makes an early appearance. Oh my god, point. you're right. How did you get that from this because nonsense? Because I took note. that exact same note. I took note Wait, early appearance by she, Sabine. Sabine appears at the very start of the film. Well, oh, also, okay, we'll get to this. I ha- had a small theory running that I didn't kind of realize until halfway through, so I'm going to develop it further. But uh, let's just say there are some recurring faces in this film that are we strangely reoccurring um sabine isn't one of them but there there is a an accordionist that yes, is playing i took the yes. exact yeah. same note yeah. he appears at in, least twice no he's in like five different scenes he's in loads of he's scenes he's everywhere in this movie um and sabine he's video it's being is filming his accordion like really up close like yeah. uncomfortably close which i i giggled a little bit yeah. um and then sabine, sabine walks, walks by, by and he yeah. films her and she smiles at him which i thought was really lovely that actually is a lovely that bit of like re- foreshadowing I call back to it like in the ending scene like, yeah yeah that footage again you're like oh Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's her. actually lovely. That's what I mean. Like, I don't think this film is uh, hilarious or anything. I just think it's really nice, and there's just a lot of nice bits in it, you know? Mm. Anyway, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We skipped over two of my notes. Just two small notes. Firstly, <laughs> it's that when you see his map, he's got the word C written on the C, and I don't know why, but that made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> and my, my second note is uh, the... Uh, is I just wrote train pulling into a French station Lumiere Brothers reference. Uh, so, you know, for any of you, uh, Jack, our butch. I must say, I but, gotta say, so I would say, do you want to go first? You were speaking. Maybe we're, we might be saying the same point, Butch. I was just gonna p- point to one of Butch's online reviews of this movie. Um, where it, what did you say? Uh, some argue cinema started when a train pulled into a... St- or do, would you rather re- reiterate the quote? As far as as, as I remember, it was uh, some... Uh, many argue that cinema started the day that a train pulled into a French station, and indeed in 2007 it may have peaked when another train pulled out of one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, just on the note of um, film history, shall we say, I had a... Basically, I, I watched this film, again, very late at night, with our friend Gavin... And myself and Gavin are in college together. We went into college the next day and our lecture ended up being cancelled. But one of our lecturers was still there, a guy called uh, Jeff, an Australian man who we've had modules with uh, delving into like uh, the use of sound in cinema. So he's a big, big film nerd. And he he asked the class, like because we weren't we didn't have an actual class because uh, the other lecturer didn't show up. He was like, has anyone seen any good movies recently? And I told him about <laughs> The podcast, of course, I told him about that we're doing this for a goddamn year. Uh, and he, I, I actually had a, me, him and Gavin had a really nice discussion about, uh, he pointed out some things that I wouldn't have noticed, like films that I would be aware of, films that I would have seen like a good bit of, n- n- none of them in full. But this film, Mr. Bean's Holiday, like makes reference to so many like, uh, like, really like like classic pieces of like french cinema as well as uh one particular russian film i'll get to that later and it's a it completely changed my outlook on the film talking to jeff about uh just the countless like film history references throughout this movie now naturally uh before week five we will be going through all of these references <laughs> ready in Obviously. our minds for our next rewatch. Of course, I'm gonna. I, I, I am set and watch like doing a lot of extra watching. Mm. Just oh to God! Get a better grasp of this. I mean, obviously. I mean, you know, we we're committed at this point. 
I mean, I've already I've already got plans for my next two watches. No, next three watches of the first B movie. But like I say, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Uh, yeah, let's get back on track. Yes. Um. So my next note is he calls the train Choo Choo, <laughs> which I really liked. Um. One of the very few moments where I I exhaled out my nose. Um. But more out of pure cuteness, I thought that was lovely that he assumes. Like, he never once tries to... I don't think he ever really tries to talk English to anyone. He just makes <laughs> noises and gestures, assuming that they don't know what he's saying. And occasionally speaks Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I made like, a note that they reused that gag of him saying gracias at least, like, eight times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, And it's, it's just as so good much. every time. He only um, knows, as far as I could tell, two words of French. He just keeps wee. going, wee, 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 to everything. <laughs> I think there's a few no. Yeah, like, few, well, maybe in fairness, he could just be saying no, no. anyway and just <laughs> like shortening himself. True. Um but yeah, so I mean at, at a later point as well, he he goes up to another man and instead of again instead of saying train, he just goes while moving his his arms in like a train wheel formation. Um and this one reason I'm bringing this up now is that Again, he never assumes that any of them can speak English, and mm. it comes to a shock to him later on when Sabine talks to him in English. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, like I don't know what he." Well, actually, he gets kind of proud of himself, but then he keeps answering her in French. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just like the idea that he he just assumes that not one person will speak English to him, which um, is kind of cute. I do have a, a small note. I don't think I have it written down, but uh, it was something that Gavin said as we were watching the film. Because the version of the film that I, I assume we all we all watched the same version of the I film. Think so, yes. With, without subtitles. Oh, the version watched I watched had subtitles. I okay. <laughs> I didn't think it had subtitles either, but there there is like you just have to turn on in your player. There is subtitles attached. Right. I found this out about an hour into the film. Right. I turned oh. them on and then decided I didn't like them, so I turned them off because I had better things Takes in my me, head. Yeah. Um. Not that I wrote any of them down. I just kind of made them up after the scene happened. I was like, that's more than likely yeah, what the thing they is, said. I've seen this movie loads of times with the subtitles on, but. Uh, me and Gavin were watching it, and the subtitles were off, and I was like, I'm not really bothered finding... Let's let's watch with the subtitles off. And Gavin made the good point of, oh, if we watch it without the subtitles, we're pretty much, like, inserting ourselves yeah. into the position of being. I had that exact thought we, when I like, turned them off again. I was like, we are literally, like, this is more immersive now. And it actually helped me notice something that I'd never noticed before about the film, uh, which we will get to later, because it involves two different characters that we haven't even got to yet. So let's 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 oh, plow I, on. Keep my, on trucking. I, I mean, I've got I did watch it with subtitles. I've got quite a few interesting things that I picked up on via the subtitles <laughs> that I didn't pick up on before. So uh, oh, I guess we'll, we'll get to those when we get to them. My next note here is this whole movie would be solved if French taxi drivers paid attention to who they were driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, because he never would have even met the... Um, the de- father and son at the next train station because he would have got yeah. there way earlier. Yeah, exactly, he would have yeah, gotten there the way earlier. He would have gotten that, it, you know, he would have gotten out of that b- baguette vending machine in time. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and he he would have <laughs> <laughs> and he would have made it to the beach and he would have had a nice holiday, but yeah. it wouldn't have felt it wouldn't have felt as earned. I can imagine he would have got to the beach and would have thought, hmm, this yeah, something okay, something's like, missing. But I wish I'd had a wacky adventure. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh well, I was assuming you know my time in France, I would have had a silly adventure, but I, I guess I won't this time. I guess, guess I will a, have a normal holiday. A perfectly fine holiday, Mister Bean. I I think for Mr. Bean's sensibilities, just getting there without anything weird happening would be a wacky adventure. I mean, I am disappointed there was no plane sequence. I don't no, think we exhausted could have reused all... that gag for the third time. I that, mean, they... and I would have been so fine with it. Like... I mean, they could have literally played the entire plane sequence from the first movie in this movie, <laughs> um, just so I had some you know recollection of what was happening. Because yeah. I mean, I he just appeared in France. I don't know what what's up with that, you know. Um, so yeah, we could have uh, if they're ever remaking this masterpiece. Hopefully, they'll insert a plane scene. Well, uh, Bean's method of following a map odd. Credit where it's due, he does get to the train station. Yeah, yeah, he and gets there. May I say, and, and not, it doesn't seem like too much time either. Yeah. Like I know, obviously, it was the way it was shot was supposed to be like we're not actually seeing the entire way he's walking, but like it's still early in the day when he gets there. Yeah, it's like he doesn't seem he out of really, breath or anything. Did or... he really drive that far, that taxi at all? <laughs> yeah, is like he, he must some... have literally just been like twenty minutes around the block or something. Like... Is he in like an alternate universe where the sun never sets, so it's always <laughs> just one level of brightness? Like when he gets to the train station, it's what eleven eight. It was half 11 was it uh, I don't know I you're, you're the kind of guy that would note that <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was around 11 half 11 when he got there because he had to wait for the next train which is at 1 uh, uh, um, my next few notes are embarrassingly um, just not in reference to anything that I actually noted um, <laughs> which is annoying because I know for the rest of my my notes they're they're specific, but for some reason the, in the first ten minutes of the movie I was like, yeah, I'll know what I meant. I, um, <laughs> I just said soundtrack beautiful, beautiful shot. Willem Dafoe is gorgeous. Um, those are my, <laughs> my next, next note. My next note is from when he's walking to the train station uh, and when he's walking through the street and you see the two traffic officers watching him on the security camera. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I specifically took note of one of the subtitles because the subtitles there are them saying, should we do anything? And then one of them <laughs> saying, relax, I think he's English. Yeah. And <laughs> ah, wait okay. a second. I that don't... could be two things. I don't understand, firstly, how they came to the conclusion just by looking at him that he's definitely English when Mr. Bean doesn't look quite like any other human being on the planet. I think it's just how he's like. I acting. have an answer. Yeah. They're not talking about him being English in the sense of the nationality, they're talking about the spy, Johnny English. Oh! <laughs> I did have someone. I think he's English. <laughs> I did have someone talk to me the other day, uh, having listened to the podcast and your theory that Bean is actually a sleeper agent. They said when he's in sleeper agent mode, that's what Johnny English is. Oh! Oh my god. That'd so, be great. Duly noted. <laughs> Interesting. The, the, the English movies may well be canon in the Bean universe. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. <laughs> but, uh, we'll get to that Rob in 2022. Like anyway, my next note is just Carson Clay. That's okay. <laughs> I, we need to bring up the fact that Willem Dafoe is at peak physical form in he's this film. He is great. beautiful here. Um, and I'm happy he's like in it lots, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just happy because he, he he's in it way more than I remembered. Um, yeah. which I'm very happy about. 
Um, especially because I, I watched a few films recently where he was like in it, but he had like kind of small parts that always annoyed me. I think Willem Dafoe is a powerhouse of a human. Uh, I think he's great. And okay. I loved just, and he, he works perfectly in such beautiful sunshine, you know, <laughs> he looked beautiful. Um, and I, I think we should just point that out that he, he we're all in agreement that he looked amazing. Yeah, oh, he lo- well. he looked like he's great. a gorgeous man. Um, yeah, 2007 was a great year for him. <laughs> So you're talking about a wine, like ah, a, great, a great year for the Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have uh, a few notes on. Uh, actually, I I have a, a note about those uh, two CCTV guys saying, "Don't worry, I think he's English." Uh, is it like you know? Is that I don't know, is that a slight comment on just like Nah, it definitely is. Sorry, I don't know. I'm even mentioning this. it's just about you know colonialism, English people just being idiots. <laughs> Just More say it like it is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Idiots. I mean, my next note is on baguette vending machines, which... Uh, oh, I, I that too. I didn't know if they were a thing. I have a French friend who I'm indebted to because she has offered her services throughout the year if I have any questions regarding the portrayal of France in this movie. And Amazing. I, I get asked her two questions throughout this viewing, one of which was, are baguette vending machines real? And she had to look it up herself, but she said that apparently they are. Uh, Amazing. Wow. But the the thing is, the vending machine in this film isn't selling, like, full baguettes. It's just selling triangle sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Like, so Now, what just, what is baguette in, in French? Is it is it just bread? I it's, think it's, like, it's, a specific Isn't it, like, a specific type of, type of bread? Like, I feel like... Like, I know yeah. when we say yeah. baguette, we mean... But I didn't know if in in, Fran- in French it actually just does mean bread. What? Um, Why can don't somebody I... check this? I'm at Google Translate. Um, while Jack okay. checks that, I'm just going to uh, mention another note that happens while he's at the vending machine. The executive producer credits, the way, I don't know if you guys noticed this, the way they come on, every other credit like kind of zooms around the screen like a, like a, like a train map, sort yeah. of, which yeah. is really uh, fun. The executive producer credits while he's at the uh, vending machine, they come in, They each letter goes from like left to right and comes in in numbers. So it goes from zero to nine and then comes into its letter, like ah. like in like the, like kind of a matrix looking thing, which I think was very interesting yeah. considering that that's literally exactly what they do with the phone numbers. They go from zero to nine. Oh, and, gee. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was thinking of it as like, a, like those train, like the displays of like arrivals and departures at a train station. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he is at a train station, so it could be that. both. But, yeah, but I, I just thought that was actually just quite clever. And I, I compared it to... Um, the uh, the painting matching in uh, in the first Bean film just a small little detail small that didn't touch. need to be there but it was kind of nice and I, I appreciate yeah. that for the for the keen eye on, on a rewatch you know translation of baguette uh, French to English dictionary a measuring rod a drumstick a thin stick so I think it means like a stick of bread stick of bread like you know a so French not a triangle stick. cut sandwich. Not a triangle. Yeah, definitely sandwich. not. But now I will point out the the vending machine. I did notice did have two windows, and we only got to see the one on the left. And the one on the right actually wasn't split up like the one on the left. It was okay. a long window, so okay. it, there actually could have been full form baguettes in the other side. Right. We were just never shown. More uh, spec- more research look, required. Yeah, the <laughs> thing is, we need to go to France and reenact the the whole movie to confirm anything. Really, oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, Are you guys cool to move on to the restaurant? I actually uh, have yes. one. I note. did take a note about the restaurant. I looked it up. It is a real restaurant in the Gare de Lyon, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> according to Wikipedia, it is prominently featured in the 1973 film *The Mother and the Whore*. I don't know why I took a note of that, but I did. Damn. Fantastic. Um, I have a note on the restaurant as well, but I also have one more note on the vending machine. 
which is the the wet the fashion in which Bean stows his money. It's in, in his tie. Yes, in I made a note too. In fairness, yes. when I went to my Debs and I had my tie, my suit jacket had no pockets, and the one in my trousers were very tight. So I also hid. I also put my money in my tie. But my Debs was post Mr. Bean's holiday. Mm. So ah. I mean, you know, it's the whole chicken and the egg scenario. You know, which this one whole came first? Life replicates art and all that. Sort I mean, of stuff. you know, <laughs> I I have written down next to that uh, the like. I just have vending machine scene tie is being tax evading. <laughs> Wait, no, I don't have anything to back that up other than he's hiding his money. <laughs> like, in I, a garment I, nobody would check. I will also point out that the film is consistent in that because I also made a note about him keeping money in his tie, but not during the vending machine scene. I made a note oh. during the restaurant scene when he goes to pay, he pulls it out of his tie. He so does. The yeah, movie yeah. is consistent with that. Um, I will, uh, my main note about the uh, restaurant scene is, is being the first man to make a mukbang because he films himself (laughs) eating. I mean, he props up his camera and goes straight at his face. Is this the first mukbang? That's actually, I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, like, I I mean, mukbang only became a huge thing a few years ago. So, I mean, like, surely this film's like 13 years old I'm gonna say at the very least it's the cinematic debut of a mukbang it's definitely the first time it it probably premiered on film yeah I'd imagine Um, but yeah so Bean has done the first mukbang Mm. and he did it in incredible fashion with those those lovely uh, shrimp my main note for this scene is the maitre d' needs to be taught about personal space uh, because he is just hey. constantly in Bean's face. He is constantly just up ridiculously yeah. close. And when he's not, he's just staring at him. Okay. I made a note about him that I want... Sorry, were you... I, I'm going to tell you guys to back off is what I'm going to say, because I I love the waiter. And it's not... <laughs> so I think he's like really charming as a character. Yeah, I yeah. Really, I'm just like, oh, he just wants to make sure that this, like, this man who's on his holidays is experiencing the culture. Yeah, yeah. really like, you know, experiencing the food, like the cuisine, mwah, 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 mwah. Mm. But also, uh, the actor is a guy called Jean Rochefort, uh, Rochefort uh, and he appears in a movie that I really enjoyed as a teenager called The Hairdresser's Husband. He's the main character in that. Ah. And again, this is one of those references to like older French films. He's, uh, it's not so much a reference, just the same actor. I just wanted to express my love for Jean Rochefort. Uh, Rob, you could see I have a, a really badly drawn heart next to his name <laughs> on my page. I have a few hearts in mine as well. <laughs> I, I couldn't be further from you on my note about the waiter. Um, mine is, waiter is so insistent on seeing him suffer. Perhaps <laughs> some sort of anti-angel. <laughs> which is a theory i will be developing later <laughs> well he's an angel so i was like he's a fallen angel so i was thinking is he's one of like i don't know like satan's army like coming up to make sure he has the worst time on earth possible um just because every single time the waiter like I don't know, like, I know what you're saying, that he just wants... Obviously, he knows he's probably English because he doesn't talk or, or do anything. Yeah, so he's probably... He the language barrier there. over and over. Yeah, yeah. So he probably... He understands and he, he recommends a, a French dish or, or at least, like, with a special yeah, or whatever. He tells platter. him how to eat it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he tells him how to, to eat it. 
Um, so I mean, I, I can see him like wanting to help, but at the same time, like he he comes over to Bean like about twenty times in the space of like <laughs> two minutes. Like he wants to see him suffer. He knows he put the shells in that woman's bag. Yeah, this is also uh, another another instance of the the gracias joke. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bean yeah. says gracias many times in this scene, I believe. Um, but also, I'd like to add that. Uh, you know, as pleasant and like sort of well-meaning as uh, Jean Rochefort's ca- character is, uh, I love the look of genuine horror on his face as being like munches down on this <laughs> on the is it a prawn or a shrimp? I, he, I'm not sure. Is it a prawn? I don't eat fish. I've no idea. Some sort of shellfish. Yeah, it's crustacean a, a, a crust, thing. A crustacean. Yeah. He just being just goes straight for the shell. <laughs> yeah, that's what I... the bones <laughs> crunching. I have a note on that it as well. Swallows, how are you supposed claws to... and all? Like, yeah, how are you supposed to eat them? What yeah, do you do? I, I made a note. Shouldn't they be shelled and declawed? Like, yeah, yeah. like do you have to do it yourself. Like... I mean, I had the note that ju- I just basically said like bean eating claws, bones, shell, like um, bones for teeth, possibly. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never eat, really eaten shellfish, but I th- I'm pretty sure you're better like crack them open and like sort of scoop out the flesh. I don't really I so. like you're, we're, you. You and I, Rob, we're big smelly vegans. I have I, no I, idea. I have no idea. Uh, butch i I just i just get someone else to do it for me i don't know fair enough yeah (laughs) Um, i was born better uh why (laughs) question why why does bean have feel like he has to pretend to enjoy the food when he clearly doesn't like in fairness this is an i don't know if it's a reference or possibly maybe some lazy writing which i don't want to admit to um (laughs) this is literally an exact play-by-play of an episode of mr bean where he goes oh it is it is yeah yeah. it's like literally like nearly perfectly replicated. They just swap out the beef tartare for a, a seafood platter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, that didn't make it any less enjoyable. I did mm. I did enjoy the scene a lot. Since when does Bean care about not hurting people's feelings? I think it's more so that he's he just doesn't assume he can like give the food back. Like He just assumes that when he gets the food, he's paid for it. He's gonna try and like, you know, get through it. In yeah. some fashion, or at least get it off of his plate. I I think yeah, my... I made a note about the bag where I just wrote that bag doesn't look cheap. Yeah, <laughs> damn right. That poor woman. I think he doesn't give the food back because I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you go out to do a nice thing and everything goes terribly wrong, but you kind of like you grit your teeth and you bear it and you're just like i'm having a nice time i'm definitely having a nice time i think it's it might be a case that he's like okay this holiday has you know started off pretty badly i missed the train i got a taxi to god knows where i had to walk to the train station and now i'm eating this freak food like (laughs) i do i think it's more so that from watching the show and from watching the the movies it's very obvious being hates being embarrassed there are many times in like like do you guys remember the episode where he's at the he's at the beach and there's a man sitting there oh and he's yeah. trying to get changed yeah. and every time the man looks at him he's like pretends to be doing something even though he's like trying to change with his clothes on mm. um and it that happens loads which yeah is very, which is very funny <laughs> very comical also <laughs> comical <laughs> um the and even in the first movie like when he's in the the uh, he's in the bathroom and he starts humping the dryer to dry his cl- uh, oh, clothes yeah. and he takes out the the bulb like he he gets pretty much like third degree burns on his hand <laughs> to get to avoid being embarrassed you know so i mean i think it's more of an embarrassment thing of he's ordered this it's like oh 
I don't want him to think I'm an idiot because yeah. you know he's obviously yeah. not an idiot. It's it's you know it's the it's the most humility we ever get out of being. I'm going to say those moments <laughs> of like genuine like embarrassment mm. is the most human he ever is. <laughs> The rest of the time, he's an idiot or a fallen angel, or he's you know he's a, a psychopath. We're gonna. De- I've got a feeling that over the course of the year, our views on Bean are gonna go up and down a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of. I'm. I'm worried for that. I kind of like the 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 bumbling uh, heartthrob I have him in, as in my head now. I don't want that to change. Oh, but we'll see. Come week fifty two. <laughs> Um, okay, so next up is him asking the father to video him getting on the train. Um, my note, my only note on this comes uh, af- straight after when he, he gets on the train and the father gets locked off the train. The father like starts running. Bean... Films him. Yeah, Bean like can't open the door and he's trying to communicate that. But he only says it once very quietly. There's and then nothing the father... here. <laughs> <laughs> the father is trying to communicate with him and Bean just opens up his camera and just kind of starts filming yeah, him. I, I have a note for that as well, which is... Um... I have a few notes on the the whole trying to get the, the it shot might, of him outside. Might, yeah, I have my notes are started a bit earlier. My first note for the scene is that I laughed when Bean said "back a bit." Yeah, I have I have back 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 back. Stop. Secondly, why does the man like? Why does he put up with this? Why doesn't he eventually just go? No, I'm gonna, I'm getting on the I train. Thought. That's what I thought, mm. but. As we find out later, he is a judge at Cannes, meaning he is a supporter of film. Uh, He is trying in some way to encourage this young filmmaker. Either that, or he just wants a production credit. What age is Mr. Bean in this film? What age is Mr. Bean ever? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've established that he's probably, I mean, we've established privately uh, that he's almost certainly immortal. Definitely, yeah. but and I mean, this I mean, film it, definitely. There are there are sections in this film that I think definitely go some way to proving his lack of ability to die. But we will get I, to that. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I wanted to add as well. I never noticed that the. Uh, I always thought the first time in the film where you see the dad is when he asks him to film him getting on the train. Mm. You actually see the dad about twenty seconds beforehand. He's huh? putting um, money in the, you know, the accordion player. Yeah, He's yeah. put money in the accordion player. Yeah, the accordion uh, player the, 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 coming the, back the again. traveling accordion player. Yeah. Who just, <laughs> and I mean, if we're to assume Bean has walked, not only been driven far away from the first train station, but then also walked a, a fair bit, a different direction to get to the other train station. And the accordionist has beat him there. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And this is not the weirdest. This is not the weirdest point of this. This accordionist will be joining us later on again. He's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as well, I I just have written down on on the top of being recording this this poor man running alongside the train, screaming for his son. <laughs> the only note I took for it was. Bean has a passion for good cinema. He has method, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I also oh, and it actually goes on. Bean takes pleasure in filming the dad's sprint by the train. <laughs> like it's some sort of action film. I said uh, Bean videos father's misery and then have a sub note when he goes to the child and he, the child is looking very upset. Um, Bean starts like trying to make him laugh but it doesn't really come off that way until a little while after initially it just kind of looks like he's mocking the son yeah. he even <laughs> makes kind of a noise of like ha, ha, na, na. like he, like 
<laughs> like I definitely wasn't viewing it thinking oh he's trying to make the child feel better it was like no he is making fun of this child <laughs> I was I was almost certain he was going to pull out the video camera to like say there like oh is, is this your dad but like dad? and it would have looked like oh look at your dad you didn't get on the train <laughs> <laughs> papa choo <laughs> choo oh, I have written down when he's trying to make <laughs> Sorry, I've never, I never noticed it before. And Gavin pointed it out, and I'm pretty sure he paused it when it happened. When he's trying to make the kid laugh, there's a hard cut at one point to this guy sat across from them, staring down the barrel of the camera as if he's looking at Mr. Bean. He looks so unimpressed, like he's probably just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I will say that when he walks in, <laughs> when he walks back from the dad, the entire carriage is staring at him. Yeah. Now I was confused as to why they're staring at him because once the train goes, you can't open the doors. Like that's just how yeah. mm. that's how trains work. You, you can't. So like, I don't know if every single person in the carriage was watching him make the dad video and then he got on without the dad or mm. the fact that he videoed the dad running after the train i was just kind of confused why they're all staring at him disapprovingly yeah. and gesturing towards the sun like i was that did you guys I get a reason that, yeah, for that? I was bit like what as if they're like eve i don't know yeah it's they're like, like look what you've done but not one of them says anything to the child or tries to do anything yeah they just kind of just, like oh well you messed up didn't you yeah, you know? it's, it's really in, eerie, in actually. Just that the carriage full of people just turning to look at this like, yeah, strange man. It's so, and the whole carriage is dead silent as well. Yeah. It's it's really. It's a Listen, if I'm just I'm just putting this out there. If I was on a train and Mr. Bean walked on, I would stare at him too. <laughs> sorry, I think true. you mean if you were on a train and international spy Johnny English entered the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, my next yeah. note is just the, the kid slaps him so hard that he legitimately knocks Bean over. <laughs> Not only does he knock him over, but he knocks Bean unconscious to a point where the kid has obviously moved him to a different seat beside someone else when Bean wakes up. That's what I took out of that scene. Either that or he slapped him hard enough that Bean flew over to that seat. Or that Bean just decided <laughs> it wasn't worth it and walked off. Uh, that's not in his nature. No, I, well, I mean, we watched, we watched sure. him eat. He ate an entire shellfish, shell and claws as well, to like make sure that people knew he was sticking to something. I don't think he's going to walk away from a child I, that he uh, is upset. On the shellfish, like, uh, on the crustacean thing, I, 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 I don't know if he... Like he clearly didn't enjoy eating the Not the, the oyster things, but no. the the like he ate like one of them and then started faking it. But at no point did he stop eating the the crustacean. I think maybe he genuinely really enjoyed it. Well, he did only eat one out of like yeah. the ten that were. Well, presented. yeah, because so, at I mean... that point the woman's purse, yeah. you know, the phone started going off, and so he had to make his excuses and leave. Yeah, I, I reckon. Say, I, I I think his reaction to the to eating the crustacean shell and all is actually quite ambiguous. Like, even the look in his face, I was like, did he enjoy that? Or he's just sort of like, his eyebrows are just sort of raised, like, well, I finished it now. And, like, and that's it. Like, um, My next so, note is, how long is the battery life on this camera? <laughs> I have written that a few times mm. throughout, and I have a theory on that later. Uh, I'm not going to bring it up now, though. 
Um, my next note is um, just notes about the the kid and how ridiculously alike him and Bean look. They have like the same ears and their hair is like done the same way. I think it's just like opposite ways to them. Now, I, I don't know if that's supposed to hint at something. Uh, if Bean had like a, I don't know, a fling abroad one time or... Um, I, I don't know what that... But it was definitely intentional. This child yeah, has oh, attributes of Bean. Yeah, I suppose mm. that's part of the reason why Sabine, later in the film, mistakes Bean for the child's father. Yes, yeah. and I just in case... I, I don't know if I have a note on this, so I just want to get that out of the way now, just in case I forget. She is French. She is speaking French. The child is also French and can speak French. No, no, French no, 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 no. Uh, no. The no, child no, no. is not French. The child He's... is Russian. He's Russian. What? He's Russian what and he is throughout the film. I did check a few times. He is throughout the film speaking Russian. Yeah. What? That, uh, that's what I was going to say. When is this mentioned? It's not. I watched the film without subtitles, as I mentioned. Same. And in the first scene where they're dialing the different phone numbers to find the child's father, mm. uh, one of the people picks up and says something. And the kid goes, Niet, which is Russian for no. Yep. Oh. It is mentioned at one point. I, it might be via subtitles, but it said that it went. It's on a news report mentioning his father, and it says his father is a famous Russian film director. Ah, You're right, and that actually clears up one of my notes that um, you know, Bean and the son are calling different people, and like it could be a male that picks up and answers, yeah. but they hang up straight away. Yeah, this considering is, that he would have you hit the nail Russian. on the head. This is what radically changes my view on that scene. So, oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Okay, yeah, this um, all right, that changes uh, a lot of things. Okay, never mind. We can we can jump back then. We'll get uh, to we'll that later. To we are we're... gonna spend at least twenty minutes on that scene, no <laughs> doubt. Um, so the son gets out at the next station, and he's sitting there alone. Um, I again, I didn't have the subtitles on. I don't know if the father tells him to wait at the next station. He uh, says, get it, off at the next station. Yeah, cool. Does, okay, yeah, yeah. he's sitting out there and Bean is happy inside. He got, um, Until a homeless man walks over and then Bean gets very agitated. So my note was just Bean anti-homeless. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, the homeless guy comes up holding a bottle of what I can only presume is hard, just hard liquid drugs. But, and, he, also, uh, <laughs> but he also has a shopping bag as well. I think it's full of drink, though. Oh, possibly, yeah, I think possibly. it's better to be a bit of a, a down and out, like... Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, so Bean goes out then to, like, kind of shoo him away, and and he, instead of doing or saying anything, he just kind of kicks his feet and yeah. just kind of walks in a circle, um, and, and then, then the kid has his camera. in that space of time, from Bean getting, uh, between Bean getting off the train and getting back on the train, somehow the kid has managed to swipe the camera off him. Unless now, I got it, that I took it that the kid took it while he was unconscious. That's what no, was I'm pretty say, sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you see Bean has it as he wakes up. But see, are you? Sh- mm, I'm pretty uh, sure. A rewatch, a rewatch will, will, yeah, will re- forever uh, research on, like, required. But I'm pretty sure. Um, um, I have, for some reason, I have written down for this scene film about hooliganism again i have nothing to back that up there's no reference to football in this scene at all or any sort of hooliganism i just have it written down um however i will say that when the kid gets the camera and uh is filming bean uh chasing the train Mm -hmm. after leaving all his things on the train it's pretty much like a shot for shot uh not homage because it it's a it's basically like we see a really similar shot earlier in the film 
in when he when Bean misses his first train at, at the baguette machine, yeah, yeah. There's this one zoom that the camera does that I always thought mm. was really out of place. And when the kid is filming him, he does the same zoom. Ah, Adam, I. I don't know what to make of that. It was probably the accordionist filming Bean the first time. From his accordion, and that's why it zooms so strangely. <laughs> Is the accordion player actually a French spy that's been told to tail Johnny English? Oh. <laughs> Is it possible that Johnny English and Bean aren't actually one in the same, but they're just two members of the same species? Damn. Ooh, two fallen angels? You've, uh, <laughs> you've got... The, uh, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Johnny English theories that we can possibly work into this. Like I say, that's possibly <laughs> for 2022. Uh, my um, next note here is just that I laughed out loud when Bean says, That's my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I Your impression has gotten fantastic, my dad. <laughs> uh, can you say Guard the Lion again? Guard the Lion. <laughs> which is how i intend to pronounce that for the rest of my life <laughs> um my next note is when the the father goes by on the train um why doesn't it stop sometimes trains do that and i don't is that know true also why did he he obviously knew the train wasn't going to stop because he had that note written as soon as the train passes them that that whole yeah, page yeah, was pushed it, up against the it, screen there might already. have been an announcement on the train being like this station this uh, train is only servicing x y and z stations mm. but i know sometimes when i'm getting the train back from uh cork uh they do say oh this train's only servicing but does these. it go into those stations it goes through them it doesn't stop though okay yeah that's interesting i i have a few notes uh just before the father shows up firstly the scene where they're mimicking each other which is clearly inspired by a similar scene in jaws uh and <laughs> secondly i i, I yeah. haven't written down anything next to this i've just written down in quotes <sighs> stay calm <laughs> uh, the, the thing is the problem with the number which he, he drives by with the number and he blocks off the last two digits with his fingers uh, mm. that is entirely his fault like oh yeah uh, like uh, after you've written that like you I, I'm not sure about you but like if my son's safety was at risk I think yep. I'd make sure I was holding it properly yep also why is he holding it like I don't know, with his fingers in front of it, away from the window. Why doesn't he just, like, push it against the glass? It should yeah, be easier to like see than anyway. on it then. Yeah, yeah. Like, Dude, just, like... Just push it against... Like, he obviously didn't care. No, no. He clearly <laughs> no, like, doesn't <laughs> care about his son, and that we'll get back to that in just a second. Oh, um, wow. Because, I guess, but... yeah, he's just sort of like, I better make sure it looks like I care. <laughs> but, uh, uh, my my like, next like... note is pretty much just saying, main theme is great, which it is. It's no Mad Pianos, but it's great. I've made so that good. exact same note in a later scene. I said, this one accordion piece is fine, but it's no Mad Pianos. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, I go a bit higher than that. I really, really love the soundtrack in this, but yeah. it's not Mad Pianos. Like, uh, it's just well, not. there is one particular scene where a song is played very prominently later that I do think is one of the most beautiful scenes in the film. Uh, but like I said, we're getting ahead of ourselves. My next oh, note yeah. here is, uh, in quotes, I'll write down all the possible numbers. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute genius. I genuinely, every single time when he has to take the time to write down every single possible two-digit number, as if he's genuinely trying oh. to figure it out, is so funny. So, yeah, so that's good. hilarious. I love that. Uh, on the topic of the phone numbers that they call, why does the dead guy have a phone in his pocket? Yes, I made that exact same note. Why does the dead man have his charged mobile on him in his coffin? 
like, I, 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 I don't have an explanation. I literally cannot think of anything. <laughs> and I think it's so strange that the guy by the coffin pulls it out. Mm. Well, I guess he's not, says he's not available. Like, shouldn't that number be switched off? Also, he doesn't like turn off the phone or even put it on silent. Uh, he just he just puts put it back. back. He yeah, just puts he it puts straight it back, back in. Maybe this guy really liked his phone. Yeah, he just wants to be buried, buried with a full char- fully charged phone. Um, now, right, my I, next my, note, my next note, which goes back to the father not really caring, is like on the third go they get the right number, but the father isn't at his phone, and the maid picks it up, and he and, lets her, and he, he lets her, and anything. he just doesn't even care. He just doesn't yeah. even like ask. Like you've is given it my him son? A phone number. <laughs> Under these circumstances After giving him that number You would be by that phone like yeah. constantly, constantly if you gave also, a shit Is it weird of me To assume that the dad Should have a phone no. Like a mobile like say, If sh- the dead man has a mobile The famous film director <laughs> should like the only thing I can say is like, oh well, they're Russian. Maybe phones didn't kind of come there until later. I don't know. <laughs> like I, that's such a str- it's such a stupid thing to say, and I realize that. But that's the only. Well, why doesn't the father have a mobile? Why doesn't the kid but he have does. a mobile? He does. It's just it's on the other side of the room, so the maid picks it up. Is it? Is it not the hotel room? No, that, I'm pretty uh, sure that is the, his mobile. Oh yeah. well, I, I oh, thought it was his well, mobile. Okay, well, ma- further further uh, research, research required. Is required. But also, act- wait a second. Wait a wait a goddamn second now. This has just occurred to me. Do they call the dad in that scene? Is it that no, scene? it's no. not that scene. Oh, it's okay. later. No, I, was it's later. Say, I was gonna say the dad was on the train like five seconds ago. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it is. But the, oh, no, yeah, but, no, you're right. It's when they get we, to the uh, the next station. But we do. I think we do see the dad in the hotel room twice, don't we? It does appear I mean, twice. I think. No, I, have that I think it out. might only be the once. Oh, okay, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe I might have rewinded because I was like looking for something. Um, well, my next, some... I'm not sure about you guys, but my next note is when they get back on the uh, the next train. Yes. Yeah, oh, my next... that's what that I know. This note that I was really confused by makes sense. Why yep. does that guy leave the the bathroom door open when Mister Bean is hiding from the ticket lady? <laughs> I <laughs> just I made a note. Does this toilet not have a lock? Yeah. Mm. What's up? Also, why doesn't the man say anything? Or yeah, like, he just looks at Mr. Bean. He just stands like, over him. Also, what was the man doing? He's just standing. Yeah. He's just standing. In the corner of the room. I'm, when thinking, comes in, I'm thinking maybe that man is also dodging a ticket like Mr. Bean is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Possibly, actually. Because he's just standing there. Yeah. And, then, uh, <laughs> and then they both get kicked off the train and they start panhandling for money so that they can call the kid's father. And my next note is, Bean pretending to be sad to get money is both weird and possibly racist. <laughs> Yeah. Mish, 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 And then both him and the kid are really confused when it doesn't work. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, but that should have worked for you. Also, I also made a note here that the kid is speaking in Russian, but yeah. the lady seems to understand him. This is what I, I mean. This is why I got no inkling that they were, like, a different nationality. I, I perceived it as she didn't understand, but she just saw... 
Because the, the first time she just sort of looks away, and then she's like, "Oh no, this kid's upset." Uh, maybe he always oh, holding his hands like that, but she kind of looks down as well. She's like, "Oh, maybe he needs uh, okay, money." Yeah, right? yeah. But there is another then, moment later on. But then on Bean in the film. is also not speaking French, and she doesn't give him the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's I the deal? Actually, I actually do. I have written down Bean's fake cry is pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. <laughs> it is though. <laughs> I mean, my next note also relates to the kid speaking Russian. It's not until they get to the uh, the the music stand, mm. which is just oh he so he talks to the man at the music stand. yeah he talks to the man at the music stand and they oh, seem yeah. to be conversing and I just wrote, these French Russian? people are understanding the kids Russian really well and this is the Her- second question I asked to my French friend I just said are French people particularly adept at Russian and she said I don't think so so I don't, that I don't is know. peculiar I thought maybe maybe his mother is French. Yeah, but then Maybe. that doesn't. But then, but then he should understand Sabine when she asks, "Is this your child?" Yeah, like he because doesn't say Sabine anything. does say later in the film. There's a scene where they're all in the car, and Sabine says, "So is this your son?" And the kid says, "Is this your girlfriend? Are you going to marry her?" And Bean, not understanding either of them, just goes, "We," and they both go, "Ah," <laughs> and it creates I, a comic I, misunderstanding <laughs> that doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, I I have another uh, note on the. The train station, actually. Uh, right. First of all, actually, when when they get ejected from the train, they properly manhandle Bean. He gets thrown into, I think, a, a bunch of trolleys yeah, and yeah. can't get out. Like, he's tangled. But also, when they are in the train station looking for money, there is a shot where there's a wall behind them. And you may or may not have noticed there's a load of posters on that wall. And their posters advertising playback time. Oh, Carson yeah. And I yeah. have a note just written down. Uh, the world building in this film is actually pretty good. Yep, yeah, no, that, that's that's pretty nice. This, this film actually has a fair bit of like you know showing characters before they come on and stuff, and mm. like the accordion we... man is showing like eight times before he's showing his ninth <laughs> time. You know, we so, will I mean... be discussing playback time in full. I'm sure. Uh, oh, certainly I, over what the coming I'd give, <clears throat> what I'd uh, give to see the full uncut version of playback time. My my next note is just uh, Beam minds the piano absurdly well. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, I have a note on this. I Bean I, I just said Bean seems to be some sort of like music lover or audiophile because every single song that's played he knows every word to. Yeah. He yeah. can do every action perfectly, even in like Mr. Bombastic, like whatever. He's not like singing, but he like does arm movements to like at different points, like I don't know when like the yeah, chorus comes on. So he knows exactly in, so. and like even that like opera uh, operatic song at the yeah, end. He knows like, every all of song the words he knows to perfectly. The opera. Yeah, yeah. I wanna uh, look up the the translation of those lyrics in case there's any sort of significance in there. Oh, there also, almost certainly is. In this scene, did anyone else notice that the the CD player just isn't plugged into anything? There's <laughs> zero wires coming out of it. No audio wires, not even a power cable. But this guy is just like loading CDs into it and well, lo and behold, something's happening. <laughs> Bluetooth <laughs> stereo, I mean I don't know. Also, may I add, being okay. So this market, this shop front of this like market, whatever, Bean is to the left of it, kind of slightly behind it um, when he pulls the speaker off and it, and it hits him and he makes a comical. Yeah. Um, but then when he comes out the other side, he comes out of another stall, which means he was behind another stall. And then when you see the reverse shot and you see where he came from, there isn't a stall behind him. Yeah. That stall disappears completely. And also when he pulls the speaker down, the wire is so taut. It looks like he's pulling it from really far away, but mm. it just sort of 
topples off the shelf and somehow still hits him. Yeah, yeah. What are we meant to believe, people? And then he, <laughs> he drags it out and the wire just comes for ages. He actually has loads of slack when he puts it down. Um, I will just say um, something really funny. And it's probably not even meant to be funny. I'm sure it's like... Like it just—it's so stupid. There's a shop in the background. Yes, and it's just, I made this exact yes, same yes. note. Le chip le, shop. Le chip shop, <laughs> which I found hilarious. That's I the know, only time in the movie where so I, much and I, I audibly really laughed. I paused the film for five minutes because I went onto Google Maps to see if there is a place in France called Le Chip Shop, and the closest I could find there is somewhere called The Chip Shop, in which oh. it appears to be in English. But see, as far I as can I imagine tell, like this is probably just a family owned like yeah, as far as I could tell it's not the same business. I really I just fell in love with Le Chip Shop. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not so funny. And like the fact like it probably like it has to be real. There's no way they'd make a fake shop front for a behind <laughs> no, like just that for has behind to be him real. for one shot. But I it's it's great. Le Chip Shop. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I gotta Le say, Grill? What the hell is that? <laughs> I gotta say, the cinematography in the opera scene is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. All the zooms Very well and shot. stuff, like the really dramatic zooms when mm. he really comes in with that uh, miming. Uh, remember miming, because I have some points on miming. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's all I want to say. Oh, yeah. Also, what a coincidence that the next song that that guy decided to play was a Celebrate Good yeah, Times. Yeah, you know what, I mean? yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. I mean, yeah. My next, um, my next note is just on the bus ticket that he rushes after it and tr- like follows it for ages, even after like his bus has obviously left. Also, he gets a bicycle and steals like, a bicycle. cycles ages. So he steals a bicycle and cycles ages away. I, I was just surprised it didn't occur to him. It's like, oh, I can just he can just get on the bus and I can just yeah. cycle yeah. behind him. Also, I just abandons the kid. Just abandons. Him. Yeah, completely without him. without so much to buy or leave. Just abandons mm-hmm. him. I mean, the kid is actually on the bus. The kid has used his bus ticket now, so that kid yeah, has to the leave. The kid doesn't even use the bus. Yeah, he, the and he leaves all no, the food he, on the he bus hitches. as well. He hitches with a band, and my I, I did featuring, make no, I yeah, featuring no, the accordionist. Does it feature the accordionist? Yes, I, yes, I specifically looked, and I could not see him there. Now, when they come into the cafe later on, I don't know if he's not there. That's but when there I was looking accordion. for him. I was looking there, yeah, and I didn't see, see him. There. I, I, I'm pretty sure I did see him. Now, again, further further uh, yeah. research is required. The accordionist but... is no doubt going to become a character we focus on intently. <laughs> oh, of course. Now, the accordion, there is no accordion when they're in the, the cafe, but that makes sense, surely, because I think the only instrument they do have is a guitar. I think yeah, everything else is just like salt shakers and stuff, and, so. and I think they bring in a tambourine. So it makes sense that the accordionist isn't there. I think the man is there i just think the 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 instrument isn't but no he is definitely in that band right well interesting Um, also another note on that this kid presumably talks to these people says something to them the only conversation we really see them having and it's not really a conversation they singing on the bus yeah singing oh Oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) oh yeah i did about oh yeah (laughs) but he would have had to say maybe like i don't know anything to them like if you're if you're yeah. a band on the road and this kid comes up to you and starts speaking a foreign language, you're not going to say, "Oh yeah, get on the bus, hop in, buddy." Um, <laughs> like, I just wanted to add to the to the scene where Mister Bean loses his bus ticket and it becomes attached to a a chicken. <laughs> there was one bit that made me laugh really really hard, which was he's searching around the market and like 
they obviously like wanted to add a little more attention to the seat, so they added in a CGI version of the ticket sprinting behind him. Is that, no way! And it looks ridiculous because it's just this orange blob, just sort of. And they put in like you know a chicken sound, it's like. But I, it also reminded me of the the post credit scene from B in nineteen ninety seven, where he darts across the screen. Another so reference to the funny, fans. Yeah. I have a few notes on the chicken. So this French man. Is he just wandering around the market collecting random chickens? Like, yeah, what that's is he not doing? His chicken, like, is it mm. his? Chi- Why is his chicken here? <laughs> Unless he was selling chickens at the market, and for some reason, in the middle of the day, at peak market time, he decided to enough. just collect. Yeah. I, I thought maybe is he buying chickens? But mm, he seems to I'm, be. He seems. We learn fairly soon that he has an extensive enough collection. I don't think that he needs to buy many more. Yes, a collection of chickens. <laughs> I I thought maybe like my the only conclusion I can come to is that these chickens are just random chickens that happen to be around this market, and he is just collecting them. Um, did you consult your French friend on if chickens are fairly I haven't like yet, loose chickens but I are will. rampant? <laughs> Um, I've also made a, child, a note that the, I... Uh, I made a note that the, the, when the, the bean cycles off and the, right before it cuts to the next scene, which I did make a note, uh, a lot of notes about the next scene because I fucking love it. Uh, but I made <laughs> a note that just before it cuts and the kid says a word that the subtitles translate as damn, it sounds a lot like he's just saying bean. Yeah. Yes! I, okay, again, not having subtitles on, I thought he just learned that his name was Bean yeah, and called him Bean. bean. <laughs> he says it a few times throughout, so obviously he's saying damn, but I just thought he just kept going, oh, Bean, which makes sense as well, and I prefer that. I prefer this kid yeah. knowing Bean's name. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. My next well, he probably note... looked at his ID while he was uh, unconscious. <laughs> My next note... Crash by the Primitives, covered by Matt Lucas. This scene is like a fucking ballet. It's like Baby Driver before Baby Driver. Did you Wait, say is that the... co- covered by Matt Lucas? I think that's his name. Matt that's... Lucas from Little Britain? Surely not. I, I it's don't... Amer- Do you mean the pop punk song that's playing while he's on yes. the... Yeah, that... No, that couldn't be Matt, Lu- nah, Matt Lucas. Definitely. We're thinking of. It has to be a different Matt Lucas. Um... Unless I've gotten his name wrong. I was writing down from memory, but... Uh, Sherlock... But still... The point is... Just slow down, you're gonna crash. The scene is beautiful. <laughs> that song was definitely in 20 other movies. Like, or, 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 I know, like, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I've definitely I, heard that in 50 other movies. I, I recognised it. I knew I recognised it as being in other movies from my childhood. And I recently rewatched Dumb and Dumber. Sure enough, it's in uh, there. No way. Yeah. No, uh, in Dumb and Dumber? Yep. Yeah. Not from the 90, same cover. It's the original version of... Uh, yeah, oh, okay. I was going to say, because that sounded like a very... But I forgot it was a cover, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to say that first shot, that crane shot, uh, when it cuts to him and it's it just it pulls up and you see this long stretch of road. I fucking love that shot. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I that actually I love that whole uh, chase sequence. That's the really whole chase yeah. sequence is great. Like it, I said, it, it synced up really to good. the music so perfectly. It is yeah. like Baby Driver, mm-hmm. I mean, but I love when he speeds before. by all the cyclists as well. That's yeah. I love yeah, that shot. That's, <laughs> I mean, that, that clearly that is like an, an allusion to the Tour de France. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so Bean, Bean just won definitely the Tour de just won the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't, my note here um, is the exact point I was talking about earlier. Uh, it's a lot earlier than I thought. Um, my note is, this film is not funny. 
just stupidly entertaining and I have a big smile on my face. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's uh, this is the point where I realized like, wow, I love this movie. I, do, I haven't laughed at all, but God, this movie is lovely. Yeah. I got to say, uh, me and Gavin both discussed uh, when we first saw this film, the dog hopping out of the back of the truck. Did that scare the shit out of anyone else? Because yes. I forgot about it this That's time around. He- I was wearing headphones. Yeah. And this, like, it's that- really loud. Yeah. Like, it's really, it really loud. Also, I'm pretty sure coming, so. I didn't have a note on it, but I was pretty sure the dog's audio was like clipping. Like it was very, it sounded it's, really yeah, distorted. Super, like they definitely hired that in post like, yeah. to make it very loud. Um, I did I did make some notes about the audio here, namely the chicken, which is his, in- his clucking is like perfectly in time with the music. Yeah, it's in time and in tune with the song. I'm like, do you guys really like pitch correct a fucking chicken? Someone's job on this film was to pitch correct the fucking chicken. No, you guys, you guys just don't get it. That cover of that song actually has chicken noises in it. <laughs> they just synced up the part where he caught up to the chicken with that part. Of the song. Oh, yeah. See. Duh. Also, speaking of chickens. This man just has a fucking roast chicken up front with him that he's just yeah. eating. <laughs> he's just munching. Not even like fried chicken. It is a roast chicken, it's, which yeah. for some reason is weirder. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely weirder. I feel like you don't go out and you go, like, yeah, you might get a rotisserie chicken. Yeah, but, a like, bucket of don't... fried chicken, but just a roast <laughs> that he is just eating as he's driving. It's really odd. Also, like I, I like I don't know, but it's it's so it seems so warm out at this stage. Like we're di- like if you're sitting in like a real hot car with a lot of layers on, it's like summertime in France. Like, I feel- do you want to eat a roast chicken in the middle of the day? On that, that note, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that Rowan Atkinson nearly got heat stroke like filming this scene. I'm so happy you brought that up. Oh, why because is this? My big theory I was talking about earlier comes up right around this time. It's actually just oh. after um, we visit the 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 chicken warehouse if you guys have if you guys have any uh i don't have any notes collection. about the chicken warehouse but i'm so glad some brought it up because it is just so <laughs> odd i think it's a really yeah. powerful statement on how terribly mistreated uh, animals are in the food industry oh yeah um, this is mm. a very vegan movie yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially I mean. when, he, when he's eating that uh, that crustacean hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what this is what y'all meat eaters look like. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Jack, do you have any notes about the the chicken warehouse? No. The chicken house. Uh. My the chicken store. My next note is just that Gavin pointed out his bike being crushed by that tank. That's pretty funny. Is a callback to the school fair episode from the live TV series where his yes, car oh, yes. Tank. And straight after that, I have written down being walked so Lynch could run. And I don't, <laughs> again, I don't know why I wrote that. I, know, I, also I, have... I actually get that because I, I have made some notes in this film that from this point on, now it's already, it hasn't been very straightforward to this point, but from this point on, things get very surreal. So yeah. I do know what you meant by I that. I also yes. have written down, uh, again, no context because I was just scribbling these down. Man versus machine? With a question mark. <laughs> I have written down why did he have his thumbs out when there were clearly no vehicles on the road? I think it's annoyed that no vehicles there, that, that like nobody's yeah, as if, like, holding up. his thumb out is gonna summon something. And then that <laughs> that man on the really slow little scooter thing shows up. And oh, it really amazing. reminded me of the straight story. Uh Oh, I have yet. I I, hold on, hold on, guys. Just, just quickly, do not spoil the straight story for me. I'm very excited to watch it. 
Just I haven't seen it in full yet. But ah, cool. maybe that's what I meant by being walked so Lynch can run. That scene is <laughs> yeah. pretty lynching, actually. <laughs> and, but, uh, okay, uh, so my only note for the man, I think, is I love this man's facial hair, and that's just all I did. <laughs> He's just a real nice man, doesn't ask any questions. Just like, yeah, get on. Yeah. Um now then he just this is where up. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my yeah. theory comes in. So Bean has been out in the sun for a long time. Yeah. He's mm. stranded there. Um, you can see in the background that it's all wavy. It's obviously very, very hot. Yeah. He's wearing a full suit. He's just cycled the Tour de France and won. <laughs> um, he sees this man coming and it's all, obviously it's wavy because it's hot, but it could also be seen as a mirage. Now, ah. this is where I developed oh. my theory that Bean developed heat stroke and is now unconscious. And this, from here on out in the movie, this is a comp- this is all in his head. There now, is a shot of him lying flat on his back as well. Exactly. Moving. I made note of that. That is where it happens. He is lying down and that's when he gets heat stroke. Um, now, um, I have a in-between note, uh, in between the theory, the two like big points of the theory. Um, but the first one is about the, um, the mirage and having heat stroke. The next one is the bus stops while he, he goes into his outhouse. Um, after I presume he gets, it's an outhouse. I actually it's some have, sort of I've outhouse in the middle of absolutely just, nowhere. I've just written why why does Bean go in it like at all? Like what it, and what is it and why does it like shut and is unable to be opened? And yeah, also no. why does Bean have the strength to lift the entire thing <laughs> and then walk off? But also doesn't have the strength to open the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, it was never established that there's any sort of lock. Was it established that there's some there's sort of lock? There's a lock on the door. It's like a latch. Yeah, it's a latch. But I will, I do, when he's in this very comically, some cars go by while he's in the <laughs> Also thing. comical. Um, but a bus pulls up, okay? Yeah. Why does and, the bus stop there? Okay, first, yeah, that is the first thing. Why does the bus stop here? Two, you can see somebody gets off the bus at this stop. Somebody is getting off the bus who what? also what? disappeared. Yes, you can see it. in. The, I looked, I, I paused this and watched it really closely to the screen. Somebody does get off the bus at this stop, which makes sense because it stops there, I guess. Maybe someone could say, oh, like I live in a cottage somewhere near here. Like, let me get off and walk. Yeah. But he, Bean doesn't call for help, doesn't say anything. This yeah. man just gets off the bus and he just groans in the thing. Yeah. And then the, he, the man completely disappears. I just we get had sh- a thought as well because I was going to justify the bus stopping by mm. saying there's an outhouse here. Maybe it's like a, it's a long bus journey and this is like, this is your bathroom break. Maybe. But when he lifts... When he lifts the, the, the you know, the the outhouse off the floor mm. and takes it off its its bottom. Yeah, there's, there's no nothing ho- there. There's no hole in the <laughs> no, ground. It's nothing. a flat plank of wood. Yeah, yeah. That's not a toilet. So I don't understand what this could be, unless it's some sort of bus, olden bus shelter, maybe? That if it's like raining. <laughs> you would it... not put a bus in there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Going past the oh yeah, oh yeah is just my next note is uh, we need to talk about the truck. The truck. We need to talk about the truck that hits him. And this this plays into my theory about Bean being immortal because there is no way in fucking hell that that (laughs) wouldn't kill a mortal man. Well, this plays into my theory because, as I said, that note about the bus is in between two points of the theory. The first one is that he gets heatstroke waiting for this man, which is inevitable. Um, But the second one is actually probably more likely. When he goes out in front of that truck, the truck murders him and he's dead. And the rest of the movie is him struggling to get to the afterlife. Oh, 
Oh my god. Oh my Should god. I have saved this for a neck a different week? Possibly, but Oh, you're blow you're gonna you I've I've blown the, yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. The ending of so, the film is him getting to heaven. You that, literally blown my really serious critique of this movie out of the water <laughs> with your fucking afterlife theory, and I love it. But yeah, the so thing is, it... all of this is null and void because there's a sequel to this that we're covering next week. <laughs> different timeline, different timeline. I mean, um, you could argue that none of these films take place in the same universe. You could argue that it's all different beings of the same species in each film. Could, or that the third film is a prequel to holiday that's oh. also possible we'll have to we'll have to see what we can i mean you haven't seen the third film yet so you know we'll we'll, we'll so see. i have no idea exactly. <laughs> um but yeah so bean dies here and... why doesn't the truck slow down yeah like, like it's a long stretch of road so the truck would have seen this and would have had that's... plenty of time to stop well, look, it's more of the, it's a chicken and egg situation here again because either he gets heatstroke waiting on that man and everything after that makes no sense and that's why he survives the bus or mm. he dies by the bus and then the bus hitting him doesn't make a lot of sense. So it, it could be either it could be either one. He either gets heatstroke or he dies by the bus. Um, I'm more inclined for the heatstroke one because him lifting up an outhouse, the point of an outhouse even being there, mm, and then getting not an outhouse as we've established. Well, I, I just like <laughs> it's just a that. random structure. <laughs> It's a um, box. So he, from, just keep in mind that he is dead, or at least in a coma for the rest I of the mean, movie. It is also possible that, as I've said, that he is just immortal. This yeah. is true. We I mean, it out. my, um, uh, my next Yes, notes... your theories are more realistic, but at what point does realism <laughs> play into Mr. Bean? Unfortunately, I... I... We'll be getting to that in the in the coming scene. <laughs> Once Carson Clay comes into it much more, like I, ha- I have a like a really serious critique of this film that I'm very excited to talk about. <laughs> My oh, next note: are... one of the darkest moments in the film is coming up next scene. One of the moments where I'm like, should this not be like at least a 12A rather than a PG? <laughs> <laughs> My next note is more on my theory but it also plays into the next scene um so let's say heat stroke and he dies or the death by truck either one um so the rest of his mind is in some sort of purgatory and the next scene is him like walking up a mountain of sorts yeah and there's like a walks for an entire day but there's a sunset in the back and the whole bottom, like the bottom of the screen is very red, whereas the top, you know, is kind of coming out of red. Like heaven and hell. Exactly. Is he literally walking the hill of purgatory? Yep. And then he falls asleep somewhere, presumably falls, falls asleep. asleep on the, the, what we later find out is the set of a yogurt commercial. And Which they just start filming he... the next day with this random man just asleep there and just no either nobody notices him or nobody cares now he is under a wheelbarrow which also or uh, which also begs the question why did he choose there there to fall asleep yeah. um but the, obviously you know he this is the afterlife and nothing makes sense there is no time anymore on the note of the shot of him uh climbing that hill i haven't seen this film in a while but <laughs> if this is an homage to the Seventh Seal? I feel like there's a big scene in The Seventh Seal, which is it. all about the Grim Reaper and stuff. I, I, can't, I haven't seen it in fucking there is, years. There is a scene in The Seventh Seal. It's towards the end where the Grim Reaper is like leading a procession of people uh, across a hilltop, and it's shot from afar. It's not quite the uh, the same angle or anything, but I could, I could see. I could see that. It'll do. I mean, if you want more... <laughs> more um, 
ammunition for your you know religious take on on being oh there um, is there is there is a movie um obviously this theory but there is a movie i'm sure uh butch is familiar the holy mountain uh, oh yeah which i haven't seen um but uh obviously that whole film is you know climbing a mountain to to heaven or some sort of plane like that isn't it or to to gain enlightenment uh, it's, or it's, something. it's it's sort of messianic things here and there it's 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 yeah, yeah. it's the but sort it of does thing feature a holy really hill <laughs> holy so. is in the name <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so he, then my next note is that he wakes up in like a different kind of time and obviously it turns out to be a commercial but mm-hmm. he, he wakes up a kind of a seeming like a, a, a few a different time you know yeah. and it, everything's very it's it's a very confusing place place to wake up and you know he, he's in the middle of a, a bustling village and um, that gets destroyed by you know soldiers nazis nazis, Rob, <laughs> nazis is the word. they um, did make a note they are <laughs> nazi uniforms including you know it's 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 a, the commercial is like they're invading what i presume is rural france and so that kind of yeah. it plays into world war Two. and mm-hmm. on the uniforms i did zoom in on my there blu-ray copy and i was able to see eagles and in the in the center of that little circle genuinely Swastika. were swastikas yeah. No way. Yeah. And as well, might I add, is am I right in saying that the, the yogurt that they're advertising is called Fruitsy? It's Fruzy. <laughs> Fruzy, which is just Fruit Nazi, surely. I hadn't thought of that. I, also, had, I literally noted that. This also, scene as well yeah. is so important to my goddamn critique that I'm so goddamn excited about. <laughs> I specifically made a note as well, and I'm sure the both of you did as well, that once Bean is dressed up in a Nazi uniform by the, the commercial costumer, he, he does multiple Nazi salutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. plenty of them. Like, mm. there's, I'm not, I genuinely, for the audience listening, I'm not saying this in a sort of ironic, you know, meta, you know, meant to be funny way. Like, there is genuinely no other way I can interpret what he does other like, than Nazi just... salutes. No, like I like I we're all in agreement. Yeah. Rowan Hackett, I'm sorry, Mr. Bean is uh yeah, flat out Sieg Heiling and such. Yeah. Uh, can... what he's doing. Alright, Jack, I... go, go do do your lovely yes. yeah. theory I mean, that look, you've been so excited to say. I'm not gonna be able to finish it with this scene because it carries on from here until the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of like a, a big part of the, the setup of it. So I'm going to start off by saying uh, I mentioned my lecturer Jeff earlier and discussing the film with him and he mentioned that uh, oh he's like have you ever heard of uh, Jacques Tati? Uh, Butch would you be familiar with Jacques Tati? Uh, I'm vaguely familiar with him. He, uh, he, if I'm not mistaken didn't he do and make a film in the 50s that this film's title is inspired by? Yes you're dead yes. right. It's um uh, Le Vacassane de Monsieur Hulot, I believe, is the title, which is uh, Mr. Hulot's Holiday. Yes. Um, Jacques Tati is, uh, this is confirmed, was a huge inspiration on uh, Robert Driscoll and Rowan Atkinson when creating the character of Mr. Bean, because mm-hmm. he made these like old slapstick French uh, movies back in the 50s and a little earlier as well. But prior to working in cinema, uh, Jacques Tati worked as a mime, which I mentioned earlier on. I thought m- m- throughout this film, Bean's uh, behavior is more mime-like. It's more cartoonish mm. than previous iterations of the character. Definitely. Um, so, and as well, there's a different reference as well. Yeah, Jeff pointed out to me, he's like, 
is is like it's kind of funny that like uh, the movie centers on you know this guy walk around just sort of like recording things with a camera it's kind of like uh man with movie camera who i can't remember the director of that but the old russian film yeah, yeah. yes yeah, yes yeah and i Great was like film. oh i was like god i was like I, i'd never even thought of that. even him like filming trains and stuff is kind of reminiscent of uh the the that old french film as well cinema began with a train yeah, pulling out of a station yeah. yeah so i have come up with a big theory that this film is kind of an exploration of the history of cinema and film as a medium with Bean representing, we'll say, the old school of cinema, like classic, very, very like primitive styles of cinema Mm. and Carson Clay being a more pretentious modern style of cinema. Because they do clash in the film. Mm. And I'm trying to think how I'm going to go about like explaining this from here. Well, but I mean, you know, we do have a lot more weeks. If we you do have a lot more yes, weeks. More but well. I thought the Nazi scene, as I'm going to refer to it, was particularly pivotal because as well, I was like, you know, they could have chosen, they could have done anything for the, the yogurt commercial. They should have, is the word that I'm going to use. Anything. <laughs> but lest we forget that Nazi Germany did use the medium of film quite effectively to spread propaganda. It's true. I was talking about this to a German friend just yesterday. Uh, Triumph of the Will, famously, Mm. one of the most influential documentaries of all time, which pioneered a lot of techniques still used in documentary filmmaking to this day, also happens to be one of the most reprehensible and evil films ever, but... Yes, (laughs) and directed by a a woman. (laughs) So women representation in, in film. But um, where was I going with this? God damn, god damn. Uh, as well, I think not only is the film sort of exploring the history of cinema, it's exploring how cinema has affected the real world. Uh, but there's more on that later because as well, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the interaction between the real world and the film world. Because in this scene as well, on the movie set, Carson Clay, Willem Dafoe, Sustains a very serious injury in the name of his art. Well, okay, it's because Mr. Bean sets off an explosion. I do have, so I was I a-, do have a note here. The note is just in quotes, my explosion. My, <laughs> where's my explosion? <laughs> um, I, my note on that. I also my, took a note I, that my they only are note. firing actual blanks there. Like, yeah. In the, in the world of the doing. movie, those are real blanks. Mr. Bean sees, sees those blanks. He sees those, those, the, 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 the... Yeah, like the muzzle flash, muzzle like, flare, which yeah, you yeah, shouldn't, um, you should, for health and safety reasons, you shouldn't do on a film shoot. They can, they can kill. People have died from blanks. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They, uh, like, they can both injure you both non-lethally and lethally. So you still, you really shouldn't. This is a yogurt commercial. <laughs> <laughs> for my bruisey. Uh, don't mean to inter- interrupt things here, but my um. My memory of this film was very scattered when I when I watched it because um, I did try and watch it over summer, but I only got like ten minutes in. I had to do something else. I just never got to finish it, and um, so I forgot Willem Dafoe played a critical part in the climax of this film. So my note here on the explosion is just Bean killed Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I he should believed... have. I mean, you see that, and then it cuts to an ambulance. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have a few. I have a few questions. I'm sorry. I know, Jack. You, you, you have more theory to get through. It's okay. It's, it doesn't really come into effect more so until later in the film. Fantastic. Uh, but just bear in mind that, in effect, Bean and Carson Clay represent two very different 
uh, ends of the spectrum of cinema, we'll say, being mm-hmm. being on the kind of primitive, like early style of cinema, and Carson Clay being a more pretentious, modern, art house, m- you know, of. business side of, yeah, of yeah. cinema. Um, my I have a few notes on the uh, the explosion. Um, why did the oh also actually sorry I've a I've a note here on him charging his camera as well during the scene basically he gets dressed up in the in the in the Nazi suit and uh, is carries his camera on set and he's fired um he's still on set um he's still not like kicked off the set he's still allowed to just walk around yeah. um and he goes over to a like a, a like I also a, made a, a note before, just to cut you off there for a second I also made a note that he is d- despite also carrying the camera he is holding that gun like he knows what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, as we know from the first film, you know, he As we know from the first film, and as we know from various episodes of the television show, he knows how to handle a gun. I might also (laughs) add the fact that he's holding the the camera atop of the gun kind of, you know, shows that, uh, you know, I guess the power of cinema. Cinema as a a weaponized thing, (laughs) much like in Nazi Germany, it was weaponized. (laughs) Um, Continue, Rob. But yeah, so, uh, sorry, I'm I'm jumping around my notes here, but he goes over to an extension lead, plugs out the uh, rig for the explosion and plugs in his camera. Now, the camera charges insanely fast because naturally they have redo the scene pretty much straight away after Mm. he does this, uh, Mm. which adds to my theory of this being, you know, in the after, like in purgatory, not being real because naturally things just happen instantly and time isn't yeah isn't a factor um but why did this one explosion when he plugs it back in the explosion goes off why did this explosion destroy the entire set to a point where when he walks away you could see in the background that it's smoking and yeah. there's ambulances surely it would have just been the same as the last explosion which was the top of the house now my my one yeah. just my one justification for it was okay well while it was off your man pressed it a bunch of times so unless there was multiple I don't think explosions, explosions work like yeah, that. Uh, near yeah. Do I, near do I, um unless they had a bunch of different rigs tripped up to this one that went in a sequential order and mm. well he well it was off he was pressing it and it was triggering four or five so then when the next one was triggered they all went off but then Surely, when it was plugged in, they all would have just went off anyway. So that doesn't make any sense. Also, why is Carson Clay filming an advertisement the day before his premiere <laughs> film at Cannes? As he says, his masterpiece. And it is the literally the, as is stated in the loudspeaker announcement, the <laughs> premiere. This is the, the premiere at Cannes. The one premiere. Why yep. is he filming a yogurt commercial the day before? <laughs> Busy man, you know? But, <laughs> yeah, eat. Also, if your film is premiering a can, do, do you need to film a yogurt commercial? Hey. Especially the day before? He's on that MF grind. <laughs> Will, I mean, sorry, Carson Clay is on that MF. Uh, Willem Dafoe is also on that MF grind. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Um, yeah, that's all my all my notes on on that. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, my, a lot uh, of questions about that scene. But it all just adds adds straight back into my theory of none of this is actually happening at the yeah, moment. Yeah, well, my next note doesn't real. kick in until he's in the car with Sabine. So Sabine, a woman he has met earlier in the film, yeah, appears in a car. That he himself owned yes. all things that he already knows. This would uh, explain why so many characters from mm. earlier on keep showing up, like Carson Clay and you know yeah. Sabine. Yeah. It, like it is a bit odd that all these same characters keep showing up. Now, I mean, in in a filmmaker perspective, it's actually just good world building, yeah. showing yeah. you these people beforehand. But I mean, a woman that he has seen before and a director he's seen before, and the same car that he owns all appear 
straight after he blows up this set. Um, I mean, Damn. surely that would mean that he's just recall. He doesn't have any new experiences. He's just recalling from older ones yeah. in his head. You know, this like I feel like that can uh, stand to your heat stroke theory as well. Are mm. you ta- you're talking about the afterlife theory? Yeah, you? I am. Because the car even appeared. It, it's kind of implied like, oh, he's hallucinating his car driving up because it's in the the waves exactly. of heat in the back. So, or we could actually take this further. I'm just developing this now that this entire film is in set in the afterlife that he has died between the first film and this film and that is why so many scenes in this film um like recreate sketches from the show because it's just pulling from memories he already has and just putting them in a new context i i have a theory that he might die at the start of the film oh yeah when he enters the church he bursts into flames i'm sorry he's a fallen angel like <laughs> <laughs> And he's dead from there on out. <laughs> That's why it's so swelteringly hot in in this like this uh, this like death dream that he's having, or this this, uh, this purgatory because he's on fire and dying. That's true. My next note is from when they're in the car. Someone speeds yeah. past them. Sabine yells in French what the subtitles translate as "What kind of an idiot are you?" Bean tries to mimic her, and the subtitles translate him as oh, yeah. What kind of a duck are you? <laughs> that's pretty funny. I like, that's like a, not only is that really funny, it's a kind of a, a nice little uh, critique of the French language, because I know French is notorious for having words that mean completely different things, sounding the exact same. I know the, the word for excitement and sexual arousal are, like, there's, like, <laughs> The middle uh, syllable, depending on what way you pronounce it, can mean two. It, it, it will determine whether you are excited and happy or excited and happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, my next point is when they're in the cafe. I don't know if you guys have many notes before they reach the cafe. Um, I just said that the band when they come in are playing are playing along with the score. They they start the song and then the score joins in and it plays with them. Yeah. And then the band obviously fade out and the score plays in, which I just thought was I very thought nice. It's really, it's, there's like some that. really good sound work yeah, on yeah. this yeah. film, as we've established by the fucking pitch-corrected chicken. <laughs> <laughs> also, I will just say that that actually would have taken some uh, genuine effort yeah. because they would have actually had to play in time with the score that was going to appear yeah, and then obviously create an arrangement... Set, like, out of yeah. what they had on set to match like what mm. was playing. I don't know. I, I Unless just, they are just miming on set and, they and just that's actually band more than sounds, likely actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, just, just a nice, you know, well, I also next... do like that the kid, um, sorry, but I do like that the kid is shown to have taken some traits out of this band as when we see him, his hair is messy. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, I like yeah, that. I also the kid is a sponge. <laughs> I mean, my next note is just that the odds of being meeting this kid again are ridiculously slim. Oh, yeah. completely, yeah, yeah. Especially because that kid, would, like, that, that band, Torbus, drove by... Was that when he was... In the outhouse. Yeah, 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 when he was in the, the outhouse. Shack. So, I mean, <laughs> Bean was there for ages after that, and then he walked to this film yeah, for set. For a day. Yeah, a full... He's overnight... <laughs> Spent, like he spent a full night at this film set and then the next day woke up and they were shooting and then um uh he like meets sabine and they drive off and go into a cafe like surely this like they wouldn't be here at this time unless they just they themselves stayed at this cafe overnight um, and maybe they had a gig there who knows but uh yeah we are coming up to a pivotal scene so oh, yeah before, we're coming uh, that's up my, to nec- my next my next note is that's 
My next note is that scene. So if you guys okay. have any well, other notes, I just, oh, that I, scene. I just have some notes which are just that she just assumes that this kid is uh, being son and doesn't question why his son wasn't with him. Again, though, as I said earlier, this kid is made to look very much like Bean. So yeah, I don't... Like, I she don't... doesn't even ask, why was he with this band and not you and stuff like that? And she just kind of... I mean, well, I mean, like she knows assumption. he's not French anyway. So she knows that, like... Yeah, well, she she does think that Bean is Russian. In the scene where they're in the car, she's trying to figure out what nationality he is. And at one point she says Russian and Bean just goes, we. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Which, why does he say we at that point? Russian. He says no all the time, like for every question. But for some reason, that question he says we very confidently. But I think it's just because he's like looking at the car and he's so in shock that it's his car and he's just going no, no. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what she's saying. I I hope that's it. So so um, I believe we've come to that scene. That scene. That mm. scene that should have brought the the age rating of this film up. To an Quite 18. a bit, yeah. Like it's it's an <laughs> R-rated it, scene. From what I gathered, this scene is cut out in some television versions. I think it is too. I think you're right. We should probably explain what the scene is to listeners in case. All right, so they're, they're all the in movie. the car again. They're still driving to Cannes because Sabine has a premiere there, and Bean's you know tagging along because he wants to go on holiday. And the kids coming along, and so the you know they they don't understand each other. It's very comic. Sabine thinks that the kid is Bean's son. Uh, Bean, uh, the kid thinks that Sabine is Bean's girlfriend there, and Bean just is just oblivious. And the kid says, <laughs> "Cell phone." He says, "Telephone, Papa." And so Bean starts calling the numbers again, trying to call the kid's dad, unaware that they've already skipped past the number. And it cuts through a montage of several different people, none of whom I think are particularly interesting. There is a guy that pisses on his phone by accident. I, uh, that was very funny. That was yeah. very funny. <laughs> but the main one that we want to talk about, which I think is meant to be played for laughs, I think. It has to be. But it isn't it really be. that funny. It's, I can't believe they put this in the It's The, the phone rings on a man who picks up his phone and he says in French, to, Bean is the one holding the phone. He says in French, uh, Estelle, tell uh, tell me you love me or it's over. Bean just doesn't even say anything and hangs up the phone. The man just looks defeated, puts his phone neatly in his pocket, and then it cuts to a, a wide shot of him jumping off of a bridge. It's and not in, the, just in a... the credits, in the credits, this man is listed as suicidal man. That is mm-hmm. what his like character is. They're not trying to dress is. it up or anything. Like, they, like yeah. they're like, on. yeah, he is committing suicide. And I might add, it's not just a bridge. It's a fucking aqueduct. It's like yes, a Roman I did, aqueduct. I did look this up last you night found because it, didn't you? I was genuinely like interested as to what this was. It is called a uh, Pont de Garde. I think is how you pronounce it. And it's it is the a, Pont de Garde. Yep, that is what it is, as far as I can tell. No way. What the. F- that's like, um, God fucking damn it! Like this is like, why is this in the film? Uh, it's and comical, say, apparently. Um, our our hero uh, who is joining such uh, uh, rev- irreverent people, such as uh, accordion man, uh, <laughs> suicidal man, played by the lovely uh, Eric Nagar. Um, 
he does a, a incredible performance. I really he felt do, for him. He's, like, he's yeah, really it. It. Yeah, yeah. He looks genuinely defeated by life. Like, I, a I, lesser I, actor would have really overplayed it and would have started like sniveling I, and stuff. I, and I'm would have like he's so good that he's literally the image for this podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, lit- anyone who didn't catch that, the the poster is literally this scene. Like yeah, and yeah. Ev- <laughs> I like tried to go through as much frames as I could to create. A like waterfall of him jumping off the bridge, okay. which is it in poor taste? Of course it is. I'm very sorry. I mean, um, but like, I mean, he's so important to us that he is more central to our podcasts, like cover art, than Mr. Bean. Yeah, Mr. Bean takes up a tiny yeah, little portion. Is, uh, it's, he's it's even a, he's even half cut off by David from the first film. Yeah, yeah. It's a really really minor scene, but it lingers with you. It's, oh yeah, it's, no, it's, you, you kind I of mean, think about it for a while. What, I, I, I genuinely have point. trouble deciding if this movie is darker than the first Bean, and this scene is kind of why because the this first scene bean, is darker than the, fir- the first anything of the first bean movie. Is mm. like it's kind of mean spirited and depressing throughout, like but it's mm. constant, it's level yeah. for the most part. This film is mostly jolly and fun and like a family film, but then Just, stuff yeah. like this happens, and it's so <laughs> jarring. <laughs> Yeah, um, especially considering as soon as Bean hangs up the phone and like he jumps in the river, it cuts back to Bean. He's just going, ow. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It cuts to a shot going over the field and the Hawaii uh, the, the Hawaii 5.0 theme playing. Da, 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 da. Oh my God, yeah. No, sorry. I was thinking of um, I also, I when, when the, this watch, Bean originally uh, When the man jumps off the bridge, when Suicidal Man jumps off the bridge, if you look very closely in the background, you can just see a person strolling in the background. Yeah, <laughs> just a little note, too. but like interesting. My one note on this scene is just uh Rob, you want to take a look at this? Uh Suicide Man, I love you. <laughs> and, if uh, only he could have seen that. Somebody <laughs> listen, even if uh, Steele doesn't love you, we do. I also have a kind of half baked uh, idea of uh <laughs> like a note from the scene that just says phones in liquid is a recurring motif. <laughs> The oh babe, yeah, the kid, the, the baby puts the phone yeah, the, in the, the apple juice. Saying, like the apple juice. The guy oh, pisses, on, guy pisses on it. This oh, guy really jumps funny. into a river with the phone in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like this scene will be discussed much, much more in future, but we are running short on time, so we should probably rush through the rest of the film. My next well, note is just uh, self harm foreshadowed in B ninety seven. He looks so giddy when he pushes the lighter in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, think he was in pain in in, in the first B movie? He doesn't look it, but maybe he's just stunned. You know, maybe he's in shock. <laughs> we established in the first episode that he has some sort of delayed reaction to pain with the light bulb. This so, is true. I don't know, um, but I yeah. have. A note on the father. I think there's a cutaway of uh, around this point of the of the can like red carpet. Yeah. Um. I have a yeah. note on the father. So the dad is at the event, um, with son sonless, which strikes me as odd. If I had a son, he was missing. I don't know if I'd go like yeah. watch a movie. Like, so like I know it's his job, but like it seems a bit weird. But on top of that. The announcer says over the loudspeaker at the event, or maybe it's on. It sounds like a loudspeaker, but it could also be a news bulletin. Just saying, uh, no news of his missing son. 
Yeah, you're Which right. is very yeah. odd. Like, I'm, I'm definitely no. sure it's a loudspeaker. So he's walking alone on the red carpet, very upset. And, and like, a loudspeaker, just no news on his missing son. In case way, you were, you, you were thinking, you weren't thinking of him. <laughs> Which I find very odd. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I, I did take a note here. There is a bit where, uh, you know, they, they make it to Cannes and everyone wakes up. And then they're celebrating and Sabine kisses Bean. And mm. I just wrote, Sabine kisses Bean despite thinking that he has a wife. She's oh, just pretty, wait, pretty dodgy no, wait, of no, Sabine. No, she, she doesn't, does she? Oh, she no, does. She, she does, some, she does yeah, because she earlier in the film, she says, is he this says, your son? Says, does it mean goes, you're married ah. then? And he goes, we. We. We, 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 So, bit dodgy of Sabine. It doesn't only kiss on the cheek. I mean, maybe she's just very forward. I mean, in fairness, Willem Dafoe kisses him on both of his cheeks later on. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was very jealous of Rowan As far as Willem Dafoe's aware, he's single, so... Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, my next fair. note is in the, the 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 rest stop where Sabine is getting changed, and I have sees, a note on this as well. Me she too. sees the television broadcast that says, uh, you know, that he's the 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 boy has apparently been abducted by this Englishman. How do they know he's English if they haven't identified him? And uh, uh, well, the two security guys. guards at the CCTV, yeah, yeah, yeah but they, they but they, <laughs> no, 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 it's his surname. He's Johnny English, <laughs> but they they don't say English. They say Englishman. So that's that's very specifically an Englishman. They also say he's traveling with a female accomplice. She's a movie star. How have they not identified her? Uh no, not yet. She uh, says uh, this is her big break. Yeah, this is her first like wow. sort of gets cut. And her scene is cut even in the film. That's this is true. I also made so a note actually... about how sloppily cut her scene is. Oh, oh yeah. She actually begins speaking. And I yeah. But obviously <laughs> yeah. that was just to show that her scene was cut. Like, I mean, if they just did a, yeah. a shot of her walking by and then yeah. a reverse shot, it wouldn't have been obvious. Uh, so I, I, I respect that. My favorite part of this scene is I, and every time I watch this film, I it always goes over my head that like, Beads, like, his intentions are never really made clear. <laughs> We're just yep. told he's on holidays. Mm-hmm. He likes the sun. Uh, he likes the beach. And yeah, but like that's not really like explicitly said until this scene when Sabine says, uh, "What?" Like she asks him something like, "Like what? What are you doing here?" And he just takes out his like travel <laughs> wallet and just goes, "Going the to the beach." <laughs> Does he say going to the beach? Oh, I thought he just said. The beach. <laughs> Maybe does you say? Which pretty, is even I'm funnier sure in my mind. I've got it in my notes that he says to the beach. <laughs> to the beach. <laughs> to the beach. Uh, to yeah, the beach. I, my note is on this as well. Um, so she is fully under the influence that he is a child abductor at this moment because yeah. he doesn't explain the story until after, and it's off camera when he explains the story, and then it cuts to her yeah. later on, like reiterating what the story was. Yeah. Um, so she is full, fully believing that he is uh, he has abducted this child, and when he says going to the beach. Um, she says, like, she completely accepts that and she kind of nods and they just kind of start driving and then we cut to later on after he said the story. She just accepts the beach as an answer or as some sort of confirmation that he didn't abduct this child because he just wants to go to the beach. To the beach. Uh, I've written down, for for playback time, I've just written all the Carson and Clay credits have the room vibes. Yes! Just made me think of Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) I May always I, think that. I, I do want to say, though, on um, playback time, it. I kind of want to see it. Yeah. Not just because I love Willem Dafoe, but, like, it looks interesting. Like, it, I, obviously, yeah, it's, supposed to look, it's supposed to look boring and be really stupid and, and pretentious. Just, like, totally but, narcissistic yeah, as well. But, like. 
I kind of want to. I I don't know. I was just watching it, thinking I wish we just had more shots of playback time because I was kind of. And I do like when he's on the elevator and like it. It's like when it, the title credit playback time comes up. It, it like oh no, I, I don't think it's actually at that point. But he's doing his monologue and then it, it like rewinds, rewinds yeah. down the elevator and comes back up. But the rewind, they rewind the music as well. But it's in time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I liked that. that a lot. Does. I, Again, I want an uncovered great sound on, on this film. Sorry. Another example oh, great of really sound. great yeah, sound yeah, yeah. on this um, I'm, I, I don't have the Blu-ray edition, but I, I do hope there's a full uncut um, feature-length version of, of Playback Time. As far as I'm aware, there isn't, unless it's under one of the featurettes on a different name. I haven't delved into those yet, but I certainly will be over the coming weeks. Uh, my next note is uh, on the police stop when they're going in and they say this is my daughter and my mother and I just wrote the police don't seem to mind that her mother is clearly wearing a wig and has a beard very progressive <laughs> statement about the acceptance of trans women Amen Yeah, yeah I'll take that right. <laughs> I, 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 I was genuinely shocked by that I was like well the, the, like you know 2007 we've come a long way since then I was surprised that they were so like open and accepting yeah, they I don't, know, even, I they don't even flinch and I was just I like that's, that. that's I was awesome very, it made me, yeah, yeah, it made me it, happy and also even later on um, the security guard yeah. at, at, at the can, at can when uh, Bean stays in the car and Sabine and the child go up to mm. the security guard he says leave him with grandma like he just has yeah. one look at Bean from afar and goes oh yes the grandmother yeah, um, trans rights, you know, man. That, yeah, fair play. Um, also, I do want to um, just uh, we um, uh, just in case we skip something, I just want to say that I did like that there was another police escort. I like that's a running theme that there's a police yeah. escort in both Bean films so I far. I know about that as well. That uh, the even the shot of them driving along is kind of very similar of uh, all the palm trees and stuff when David and yeah, Bean yeah. are going through um, Beverly Hills. Mm. Like, is, is, I was just like, damn. Yeah, police escort, and it's like the palm trees either side of the road. Like, yeah, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I thought it was good. I caught that too. <laughs> Reminded me of uh, the last episode. Which was, which was nice. <laughs> my next note. My next note is uh, an interesting one. It's uh, a note about the Cannes Film Festival itself, which is mm-hmm. uh, that the 2007 Cannes Film Festival took place from May 16th to May 27th, but the <gasps> opening of this film very specifically says London, June. Uh, Wait, is this? 2007 I presume it is meant to be 2007 because it came out in 2007 but did it come out like before summer because it could be meant to be 2006 2006 Cannes Film Festival also took place from May 17th to May 28th so it's still even so Ah. god damn this movie is all 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 over the place with its date unless it's specifically (laughs) in universe got extended to one extra day for playback time and nothing else that's the only explanation (laughs) um all right, my, all all of my notes after this are just after they sneak into the film screen. My so. my next note is just Bean walks and heals really well. Oh, he's done it before. Oh yeah. Uh, what do I have on this? Uh, I have a a great quote from Playback Time written down, uh, which is uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I could relive our oh damn it <laughs> one more. I could relive our time together. Those precious memories I yearn to forget. What a what a great line! <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sure Willem Dafoe improvised all of that. I I've hope just, he did. I've just got written down. It's such a perfect parody of the egotistical auteur to the point that it almost reaches the point of not being parody. I read a review, <laughs> or I read like a, a a quote online about this movie. Um, that was made recently saying that uh, playback time is something Lars von Trier would make make today unironically unironically yes you saw the same yeah Yeah. (laughs) which I thought was funny Um, funny. 
I have a note on on um, Bean being dressed up and them sneaking to the premiere. Um, when he he knocks out that security guard yep. with his oh uh, yeah, handbag. like he full on like destroys That's this blood man. force yeah. trauma. That man yeah. is like unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, he knocks like, him down. I don't wow. see him getting back up. Also, can we talk about Bean's B- VIP pass? I, okay, as I said before, this film is not very funny. I didn't really laugh, but there were a couple scenes, and I've listed them so far as we've went of my laughs. This one, I was on the floor. I had to pause it. The only like genuine, pure laugh out loud I had was at this moment, and um, I, I paused it on the ID for a long time because yeah. it was so funny. I'd like to add that this uh, scene is pretty much the, well, not quite the, it's coming to the climax of my whole critique of this being like, uh, I guess, an analysis of like the history of cinema and kind of the pat, like the old school cinema meeting new school cinema, we'll say. Mm. Uh, and that kind of comes with being inserting his camcorder into the, the projection why is nobody manning thing. the projection booth? Well, yeah, where's my projectionist? <laughs> yeah. Where is the projectionist and why isn't it locked? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was just like, like for me, I was like, damn, like there it is. It's like old, old school cinema meets, uh, well, Lars von Trier style <laughs> shit. Like, um, I just, my next note here is just something that made me laugh so much this watch, which is... Uh, the quote from uh, Playback Time playing over a little bit of Bean's film, it's just one for going, what powers does he have as Bean's yeah. doing that stupid <laughs> dance? <laughs> that just made me laugh so much. Uh, the um yeah the 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 bean cut of uh, playback time is actually genuinely really yeah. nice. I do like how the dialogue like, up. At the bit, like, my favorite part of it, I think is when uh, Willem Dafoe just says. Uh, the darkest parts of our history and it shows Bean in his Nazi <laughs> uniform. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's exactly, that is why they did that, like that in the film was specifically for that one <laughs> fucking quote. <laughs> oh, also, um, so you know the way he leaves the kid um, behind the screen in like yeah. this room? Yeah. Isn't, aren't, isn't it like so- a wall behind screens? Not this one. Now Not I do know. One, I do know in Inglorious Bastards, um, th- there is a room behind yeah. the screen. Um, so I don't know if it's a French thing because that was also in France, wasn't it? Um, also involved scene. Nazis. Also yeah. involved Nazis. I'm telling <laughs> Are you. they the same film? <laughs> um, but yeah, have you guys ever heard of a cinema with a room behind the screen? Other than in movies where it services the plot. No. <laughs> and like also, um I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but just in case I forget to bring this up, the kid when when he come when he reveals himself Where's at the he end come from? he comes from underneath the screen. The, telling me that from the back he ascends from that room from in the, the back, depths of hell. <laughs> what it what it made what it looked like to me, because he comes out like from underneath the screen, but it's also in front of it. So what it looked like to me was that like when he goes into the back room, there's like a pit underneath the screen yeah. that is just like empty. So he just hops down be. there, walks underneath the screen and climbs back up. I I don't understand why. And why does he wait? Why doesn't he just hop up like, hey, dad? Well, actually, no. Well, there's because a very, he's watching this is playback stupid... time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very stupid reason. But Bean does say, stay here. That's your reason? <laughs> well, he's, why would he yeah. move? Bean told him to stay there. Yeah, yeah you don't want to go against the word of Bean. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is a child abductor. <laughs> um, I, I just love... want to rapid fire through a few more of my notes. My one note which I put here is just the paper cup. Uh, 
when he's barricading it, the door and he just puts. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. that genuinely made me laugh. And Secondly, the playback the time only seems to be about twenty minutes long, from what I can tell. Yeah, uh, no, it is cut off. Um, when Bean gets up on the stage, it is still playing. Um, and the footage, the footage just pauses. Oh, the yeah, audio is still it, playing, and then it kind of gets abruptly cut off. So I did kind of feel that it was obviously. He stole to... my son. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, next I note d- is that Bean's re-edit of playback time getting a really good response is genuinely a good commentary on how certain film snobs will call anything art as long as it's pretentious enough, and they're told that it's meant to be artistic. Yeah. Or. or could go the other way which i think jack might be alluding to but i I did think this as well i was gonna say it's kind of for me it kind of uh signified like modern filmmakers because like yeah like carson clay comes on on stage and is like i'm gonna kill you mr bean basically (laughs) and then he sees the reaction from the audience and the way i saw it was like carson clay realizes oh people like to see like you know themselves in films they like humility in films you need for a good film you need like an artistic vision but you need relatability so i'm calling mr bean relatable you you need something grounded Mm. and Mm. for me it was kind of like carson clay being this kind of signifier of pretentious uh, modern style filmmaking that's not to say i don't like modern cinema i love movies uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a fairly modern movie. This is this pretty is modern just movie. Over a decade old. I was going to go the opposite though to you and saying that really? the applause was well, not opposite, but like just a different take on it. That the applause was actually people saying, "No, we want the old cinema." Because I mean, they see Mr. Bean and him dancing on the road, and they're like, "Ah," and him doing Nazi salutes, and they're like, "Ah, yes, <laughs> how cinema should be." <laughs> In French. <laughs> also comical. Uh, I mean, my next note is just. Uh, once the son is reunited with his father, the police should still arrest Bean because a kidnapper who returns a victim is still a kidnapper. Possibly, but I... They I, just but let him it go. fades out then, so I, I kind of take it that the story's explained, maybe by Sabine. Um, I have <laughs> a few more screams, notes No, on... he didn't! <laughs> I have a few... I've, I have a few more notes on the on the, the screening. Um, one is just Carson Clay... Cassius Clay? Question mark. (laughs) 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 The names are ridiculously similar. There has to be meaning there. When you make when you make a a character, you call him Carson Clay. You know, like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're related. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My other one is just that. uh, um, I just wrote great climax, and I, 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 I assume I was talking. Again, I'm not too sure. I assume I was talking about the actual movie itself and not playback time because we don't get to see the end of playback time. But I do agree that the climax of the movie, I love that whole cinema scene. Yeah, that is it, really it good. Is it's really well made. Um, s- also, uh, sorry, sorry, just my last one. It's all good. Um, so <laughs> in the voiceover from playback time, Carson Clay says, sell, he says the word selfish. Right? Oh, my and it's God. over the image of him eating the shellfish. <laughs> oh, this yes. has yes. to be you are consumed by love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have written down, I like that when Mr. Bean comes on stage, the spotlight shines on him, and it's pretty much like the fact that sh- there is a spotlight the in fact a cinema. That there is a spotlight. It's like, but it's like a shot for shot, like 
referenced for like the the opening of the TV show. Mm. It's him just looking ah, confused yes, in a yes, spotlight, yes. like ooh, ah, yeah. which could uh, be seen as him things. ascending back into heaven. Oh, and, and, and where wings. is and where is he coming? Where is he coming to? The beach, which represents the yeah. afterlife. So my <laughs> we should get onto the beach. Yeah, um, hold on, hold on. Just before oh. he reaches the beach, uh, when he leaves the screening, for some reason, he leaves really early. Like at, while they're still applauding and stuff. For, I I don't know why he leaves, but he leaves because he checks his watch and says, "Oh," and then like kind of oh, runs yeah, out. Down as well. What? Why is he check? What's the t- what? 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 My what note, is the time? The only note I have is beach time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have I have a slight theory. I have a theory yeah. here that perhaps his holiday was only meant to be a certain length, and that after all his misadventures, he's only got like half an hour left before he needs to go home. <laughs> and so he's just checking his watch, going, "Oh, I need to get to the beach right now because my holiday's about to end." Before he gets deported. Like. Uh, I have some notes on the beach that I'd like to. I have two notes on uh, the beach. And the first one is, uh, so, you know, the beach scene starts. He, he looks out that door and sees the beach. I got really emotional on this view. Yeah, just so this pure joy in his face. He's like, I made it. There's it the beach. So he happy. So happy. Mm. And he walks out to the beach across all these cars. And uh, La Mer plays uh, oh, by so beautiful uh, song. Charles Trenet, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, and I remember last uh, last week I was talking about in uh, B, 1997, there's mm. this weird thing where they have Yesterday in as like non-diegetic sound. Like it's mm. just in the soundtrack. It's not mm. existing in the world of the characters. But yeah. then later on in the film, they're singing Yesterday and it's like in the world of the mm. characters. It's diegetic. Same thing happens. With same, thing. same thing happens here, which kind of stands to my theory of like it being uh, the film being kind of about the relationship between how the real world affects cinema and how the cinema affects the real world. Or, sorry to interject, but um, this is really <laughs> stupid. Um, it could be going through the history of cinema and this point has landed on B1997 and this is their commentary on... Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Interesting. I love that. Uh, my only other note on this scene other than it made me tear up and I love Le Mer, I love this version of the song, uh, is uh, wearing a suit to the beach Definitely sucks. <laughs> I mean, I've I have got a, a few notes. I have my first note is just kid made that sand car really, really quickly. Yep. And <laughs> secondly, my second note is just beautiful. <laughs> I, I have a few notes on the beach scene, which obviously go for my afterlife theme of Bean is finally reaching the afterlife. Um, but in my notes, I must have been trying to write it really quickly because I wrote beach is finally reaching the afterlife. Um, <laughs> But uh, so his work is finally done on Earth. He's finally like done what he's he's needed to do, even if it, though it hasn't happened in his yeah. mind, he's made peace with himself. He solved the mystery that was plaguing him up until he got heat stroke and died. Um, then he's literally in a dark hallway and he sees the light and he walks towards the oh light. Oh my fucking god! And yeah. then he comes outside and the buses are just laid out for him, like yeah. they all just stop perfectly Wouldn't in front of the life. staircase. Um, then it gets really surreal. Like everybody is just on the beach in suits. All the reporters, the Car- Carson Clay, the, <laughs> probably the, the, the dad, accordionist. the accordionist is probably there. Almost. Um, I need to. I need to find him. And um, the kid again builds that ridiculously realistic car. Sand really, castle. really quickly. Also, that kid wasn't there when Bean had his freak out that this is his car, and even if he was, he wouldn't have understood him. So, yeah. how did he know this car meant anything to him? Um, 
then hmm. also, uh, yeah, they're all, everyone is singing and it could be like a choir of angels yeah. all uh, guiding him there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all my notes on um, on the well, scene. And, and thus concludes I, all my notes on the movie. I've, uh, have... I've got two more notes. I have one note that takes place during the credits, which is oh. simply some of the songs listed in the end credits include Gimme Back My Tie. And... <laughs> And Bean, <laughs> the second the second song I took note of is one that's called Bean Funeral Parlor. <laughs> that's uh, that's all I took. And then my last note was it it isn't really it doesn't really you know say anything. It's just re- making reference that there is a post credit scene, which is Bean. It's a point of view shot from Bean's camera looking down at the the sand on the beach. And it is presumably Bean's foot writing out the word Finn, which is then washed away by the tide, at which point the camera flashes low battery and screen cuts to black. Beautiful post credit Which scene, stands by the way. to your theory. Yeah, it sounds yeah. my That's theory. That's him finally that... passing on. Yeah, it's fi- Finn. His life is finished. And he the battery dies. Also, reference to your theory about cinema. I mean, what was written at the end of fil- films for years, Finn, Finn, that literally comes yeah. from the end of films. And then cinema ended with this film, because, I mean, it's, it's it no... Anyone that made a movie after uh, 24th of March 2007 is, a, is an idiot. <laughs> but then also, well, it well, says well, Finn, well. and it, Finn is washed away, and then the camera dies. The camera used to film movies. The camera dies at the end of the film. Rest in peace, cinema. <laughs> well, you say any movie made after this Bar is one. Dumb, but next week, because we're coming very close to the end of this speech... Uh, next week, <laughs> we are getting. We are. Out. We're going to be. Uh, I, uh, we're going to be hosting the third and final movie in the salad for the first time. Before we loop back round to the first bean, we are going to be looking at the 2017 Chinese movie, Top Funny Comedian, the movie. Uh, so you have oh. until next week to watch that. To uh, somehow find that movie yeah. and watch it. Good luck. We'll, we good luck finding more subtitles. About the, uh, <laughs> we'll discuss more about the history, uh, uh, both of the film and our personal history with the film next week. Mm. Uh, but uh, do you want to give a plug to our social media real quick? Yes. Uh, we are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. On both, we are at a, a three bean salad pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the number three bean salad pod. Uh, you can also email us if you like. If you have any questions, we have an email address, which mm-hmm. is 3beansaladsociety uh, at gmail.com. Now, is that the number or is that the word that three? That is the word three, It is the Rob. word three. T-H-R-E-E. Not tree. Why would I say tree? <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> if my, you uh, thought that, stop My old ass, he says that I have room for less than one minute of recording. So uh, if you're all done, I'm going to say farewell. Goodbye. Farewell. I normally stay till the end as well.